Talk Recorded live. Hello, and thank you for joining me today for Conversations and Support for Targeted Individuals. Today is Sunday, August 30th, 2015, and I am your host, Renata. Thank you, everyone, for being patient. I went into my procrastination thing that I do at the very last minute. I was very prepared. Um, earlier this morning, was just catching up on a few last-minute things, but of course I fell behind um, as it got closer to this call. So I do apologize for that, and thank you everyone for being here today. Thank you for everyone in the chat room, everybody on the call. Uh, we have some heavy-duty topics to talk about today. There's a lot going on in the targeted individual community. I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's a lot going on um, as a whole. But also, a lot of TI's targeting has substantially increased over the last even week. And that's including my own targeting, which I definitely will share some of that because I I want to get it out. Um so there's just a lot going on, and I want to discuss some of that today. But I'm going to start with a scripture, which we always do. And this scripture is from 1 Peter 4 and 12. And it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Okay, so what this scripture means to me is that any trial, tribulation, um, hardship that you're going through, don't think it's strange. Expect it, especially if you are trying to live for the Lord, if you are a Christian. These things are going to come. These things are expected. They're going to happen. It's not out of the blue. The scripture says expect these things. The scripture also says these things are to try you. These things can make you or break you, in my opinion. These things can make you stronger or they can they can take you out of here, literally. So it's up to us to figure out how to allow these trials to make us stronger because there are some things that we can do to get ourselves in a mentally strong, mentally healthy place. And those are the things that we need to be doing on a regular basis, not sometimes, but on a regular basis, even if things seem to be going okay, even if things appear to be getting a little easier for you. It's going to be in your best interest to strengthen yourself, but to keep, not only strengthen yourself, but to keep yourself in a strengthened position, because as the scripture says, it's not strange. It's not by coincidence. These things are going to happen, because when you're trying to live right, you're trying to do the right thing, you're a good person, you're trying to make the public aware of, of, of the atrocities happening in this world, strange things are going to happen. And I don't know too many things stranger than this targeting that has happened, at least to me. Strange things are going to happen. Wrong things are going to happen. Things that are not right are going to happen. People are going to turn a blind eye to it. As we know, not much help with what we're going through. 
These are fiery trials. That's what the Bible calls fiery trials. These things are coming to try you, to try your patience. It happens. It is happening to many of us. Okay, so if you want to read more on that scripture or read the entire um, verses before and after that, it's First Peter 4 and 12. Amen. Okay, so what we're going to do um, is we'll do some check-ins because I have a lot that I would like to cover and I'd like to get you guys um, input on the things that we're going to talk about today. I'm hoping that some others who know more about one of the subjects, because um, I don't know, there's a couple of different subjects I want to talk about today. One of the subjects that is happening in the TI community, I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, so I'm hoping some people who do know more about it than I do will come to the call. Um, so I'll hold off on that topic for now. Maybe I'll send some um, texts out to see if they're coming. All right, so let me unmute some people. We won't do a whole lot of check-ins in the beginning. Maybe we'll save some for the end, just depending on how many people show up. Hello, Arizona. Hello. Oh. Hi. Hello. Hi. Who's speaking? Oh, this is Chris. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chris. How you doing, Chris? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, my, you know, my my uh, situation is crazy. I don't know about everyone else, but I'm getting it hard for now. You sound distant, Chris. We can't hear you very well. How about now? Yes, much better. Okay, you said yeah. Things are getting um, a little harder for you. Yeah, they're getting. They're just like it. It double time for me for some reason. I don't know if it's because I'm talking on here or what, but <clears throat> I mean, it's uh, definitely like picked up a little bit for me. So. Well, two two things that they that these people do not like. And, and and I'm a witness that they will increase your targeting for these two things. Exposure, when you start to expose what's happening to you or try to make the public aware or even just share it with other TIs or family members or whatever, they will increase the targeting. The other thing that I've noticed is when you begin to move forward, when mm-hmm. you start uh, taking steps towards bravery, when if you were the type that didn't go out of the house, but you, you're starting to go out of the house, uh, you're the type that was not taking care of yourself, but now you are, or whatever, any signs of moving forward with your life, they don't like it. And so those things will get a person targeted harder because they want to discourage it and they want to condition yeah. you not to do those things. So, um you know, you have been coming to these calls. Obviously, you're a strong person, I can tell. So they don't like those things. That's probably why you're seeing the increase. Yeah. So, um, and I also kind of bit into a little of the ne- negativity of it, too, and, and I think that might have a little bit to do with it as well. So, you know, the, I think, you know, the more I was positive about it, you know, because, uh, you know, I try really hard not to, to be negative. And I, every day I'm like, okay, I don't want to bite, bite into what they're going to say, what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, help you know, me to just, uh, 
you know, just to let it roll off my shoulder and not get into it, you know. But, you know, I bit, a, I bit into it a little bit that was, you know, negative, and I noticed that that, well, I, I, that's my, my theory that I'm thinking that maybe that's what, uh, you know, made them, maybe when we're negative, it gives them the opportunity to do it worse maybe. I'm not sure because when I'm more positive and not, you know, not paying attention to it, you know, it's it's more mellow. So I don't know. I wanted to bring that. Maybe that maybe that has to do a lot of it too. Is that when we're negative about it, or when we engage ne- negatively with them, gives them the opportunity to maybe do a little bit more or something. Yeah, I, I think so. I think any act of engagement at all, negative yeah. or positive, that is seen as a reaction. So they say, oh, okay, that caught his attention. Let's keep going with that. You're giving them more ammunition against you, really, because you're responding to it, whether positive or negative. You're responding. Yeah. And so they jot that down. Okay, he doesn't like this. Oh, we got his attention with that. He made a comment when we said that, you know, so then they keep that going. Yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm thankful for the this little talk show because I don't really have any friends. You know, I have family and stuff, but they are pretty much don't even want to hear <laughs> any of this anymore. I tried in the beginning, and it's just like it's too way over their head for them to understand yeah. without sounding crazy. So, you know, this little talk show, like, I look forward to that. This is the only thing I got really to to kind of vent a little bit or say what I need to say or listen to what I need to listen to. And a lot of you guys um, – come with some good information. So um, mm-hmm. this is something that's definitely looked forward to for me anyway. Good. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that, um, that it's helpful for you. It's helpful for me as well. Um, and, you know, when it comes to family and friends who do not understand, and we understand that they don't understand because this is not their experience. This is your experience. This is my experience. Honestly, as open-minded as I have always been, I had never heard of this program, never, before I got targeted. I never heard of it. And so uh, I would imagine that if someone had come to me and mentioned it, even if I was close to them or a family member, I probably would have had a hard time believing it too. But, you know, as I said, I've always been open-minded, so I probably would have done my research and given them the benefit of the doubt. But most people don't do that for us. So the best we can do is just understand that they don't understand. I mean, it's just like uh, there are so many different communities. This is not the only community, you know, in the world, the TI community. There are uh, people who say that they have had um, alien abductions. Now, that's okay, way that, far-fetched that's, for me. That's what I wanted to see. I, had, I mean, I don't, everybody's experience is different. And I have a lot of information, but I don't want to, you know, take up a lot of time, you know, whenever I get the opportunity or after what you're going to do or whatever. But I have a lot of information that I think um, would be useful to understand and realize that this is this is a spiritual warfare because of the things that were said to me by some of these people before I knew I was in this program, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, the things that I've experienced in the past where it's, more supernatural than 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 can anybody explain you know you know that you see on a daily basis you know 
So there, there and, are a few there are a few people that come to this call that experience some supernatural stuff, but we don't really get into that here, just because uh-huh. that's like really really deep, and um, not everybody really relates to that. Some people think that that's not even appropriate for um, targeted individuals because they already have us labeled as mentally ill. Um, yeah. I personally, um, let's see, my personal viewpoint on the whole alien thing and all of that, I there are different planets, okay? There are many planets out there. We all know that. I personally do not believe that we are the only life form on these planets. That That's my own thinking. I do believe that there is life on other planets that uh, they probably don't look like us, don't act like us. I don't know if they're little people with big heads, you know, the depictions that we've seen. But I do believe some of that stuff. I just don't go into it. I don't put energy into uh-huh. it. If You know, if they ever present themselves to us, and I figure I'll deal with it then, but I, I don't really, you know, uh, talk about it here because it, it's just yeah. kind of far-fetched for most people. So we just kind of stick to the targeting stuff as we know well, it, but... Um, Mm-hmm. What I what I what I mean about supernatural, I don't mean. I think we might have I might have got it mixed up. But what I'm trying to say is, what I mean by supernatural and how it relates to the spiritual warfare thing is because I had my whole family before I even knew that this was going on. Before I moved to where I'm at now, because I'm from California, mm-hmm. but oh, before I moved here and knew and figured out what it was. And and by the way, when you move, it does get worse. Sorry, because when I when I was at home, it was just I didn't even know what it was. You know, it's just weird stuff. So when I moved here, it got worse. But back home, what I mean by the supernatural thing is that I you know me and my whole family were in one car, and that hardly rarely ever happened. Happens. So we were all in one car, and I mean my mom and everybody, all my kids, you know, my my wife, were in one car. And, um, you know, the street that we were on usually is usually pretty busy. However, that day, it was ghosts. There was no cars on there. And a car came erratically driving, you know, like side to side. And I'm like, wait a minute, this don't feel right. This don't look right. This person's not right, driving crazy. Well, it's coming faster and faster. And, I'm, and I tell my wife, I go, hey, you know, this this car is, is coming up to us pretty quick. The way they're driving, you know, they're swerving, like almost like if they're drunk. Mm-hmm. Well, well, this lady pulls up next to us, you know, in the opposite lane, and not the opposite lane, the one, the lane next to, to me, and, you know, gives us a crazy look, and then she just totally takes the wheel and rams my car. And mm-hmm. then when, when, they, when they ram my car... She's just jetted off, and I'm going like maybe 45 to 50 miles an hour. She jetted off so fast in her old school car, it was almost like a supernatural speed. And I, and I was telling my wife, like, I was trying to catch up to her so I can get the license plate, but she was going so fast that my car couldn't even like it. Just it just it just seemed supernatural speed, and then she ran into a, a business. So I look at it, what I mean by supernatural is I look at it like we have some kind of special people looking over us or, you know, God, like when you say God's chosen, you know, I, I really believe that we have people protecting us, man, because this isn't the, the only time that I had some crazy stuff happen to me where I walked away with no scratches, where other well, people I, probably... Well, I, I, I definitely, absolutely, 1,000% believe in divine intervention. I have 
experienced it yeah. myself. I know that God has his angels protecting his people. Um, I pray for that over all of us, you know, that God will, will encamp his angels around us. So I we do have angels assigned to us. I believe that. I, I really um, believe that, too. I'm serious because there's, there's been plenty of times where, you know, I shouldn't be here and I am still here for for whatever reason. So uh, that's what I mean by supernatural. That's why I know. And then a lot of the things that the T.I. said, you know, when I first stepped on the scene over here at my work, somebody just looked straight at me and said, what are you doing here? And I'm like, whoa, you know. And then one was like, oh, I'm going to make him worship me. And then, um, you know, he's not a threat. You know, little things like that. It's it's just it's all leaning towards, okay, I'm not a threat. I'm going to make him worship me. What are you doing here? Well, we're obviously carrying God's spirit around. They can't. They don't like it. So that's what I mean. Right. That's what I mean. That's what I mean now. Related oh, to okay. Supernatural, I'm, I'm whatever. But but um, as far as aliens, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even know. I'm just I look at it more. Maybe they want them to believe they're aliens, but there's really a demonic presence that's here because we're in the last days. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I believe that. Well, hang in there um, and stick around for the call. Start eight if you want to speak again. Okay, Chris. Okay. Okay, thank you for your comments. And I, I do pray that the Lord um, continue to protect you and your family. This is a lot to go through, especially when you have a family and children. You know, they have to deal with this as well. Okay, let me go to Texas. Hello? Texas, would you like to say anything? Hello. Sometimes people walk away from the phone, so I try to give them a minute just in case. Okay, I'm going to put you back on hold. Jerome. Hey, Jerome. Hello. Yeah, hi there. How are you? I'm not too bad. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm 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 actually very stressed, but I'm okay. Um, thank you for the picture. I just have not been responding too much. I've just been dealing with you know all this stuff. It's okay. That's um. Yeah, I I thought I was the only one with this. I don't. I try not to pay too much attention to this targeting thing. Like I said, I don't let it run my life. I don't let it dominate in my life. I don't. I try not to put too much energy into it. But I, it seems like they did try to target me because I was talking about so upbeat things. I don't know what they're. I don't know what it's all about. I really don't. Um, don't get me wrong when I say I don't really care. You know, I don't really care about it. I don't. I don't let it. I don't give it energy. I don't let it dominate my life. I don't let it uh, control my life. But uh, I was going to bring it up this uh, this conference call. It said that I was going to say that it seemed like. Um, like it did increase a little bit, and uh, uh, there was uh, things that were, you know, they attacked my chest and stuff like that. Like they were trying to produce fear, or you know, maybe they're trying to kill me. It really doesn't matter. You're just here until you're not here, you know. But um, yeah, that's the way it's been going. But it hasn't deterred me. I'm still funky and dancing and doing my singing, you know, and still working out, still having a grand old time. They might be targeting me heavy, but I don't give it much attention. Yeah, that that's a conversation I'd like to have um, eventually, too, because I hear that a lot, you know, ignore it, 
um, don't give it energy, don't give it attention. But uh, and I'm 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 pretty good at that. I, I've you know gotten good at that over the years. But now I'm being assaulted physically. You can't ignore that, <laughs> you know. So it, it's um it's a lot to deal with. It's a lot. It's a, it's an awful lot to deal with. But you know. That's true. That's true. It's it's a whole different level. Whole yeah. Different level. Yeah, their their job is just to try and break you down. They want to dehumanize you. They want to try and bring you down to the level of the can't even say the dog because dogs are treated like kings in some countries. Dogs are treated like royalty because so because you can't even say the dog. But they want to reduce your life to like the the uh, the, the level you know, to bring you down to be like an animal. They want you to crawl. They want you to they want you to cry. They want you to be just miserable in life. That like you just pray for death. You know, they just don't yeah. want here they want they're there they want to try everything to discredit you try and rip you down mentally try and make you look like you're not bar you know like what are you talking about you you this we didn't do this or that didn't happen or it wasn't me or this and that you know they're just trying to, they're trying every trick in the book to try to promote you know um a kind of madness into your life you know like they would be happy if they could convince you that you actually did lose your mind you know so, well, they'll uh, never convince me that 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 right there is not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't I don't even entertain that, that 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 nonsense because you know I know what I know, and that's all there is to it. I know that if I if I leave something there and it's moved to another location, then I know that I didn't move it, and I don't believe in magic. So, right. you know, there it is. So, you know. But it, it, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Maybe about ten thousand years or so, <laughs> they'll convince yeah. me. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> you know. But no, it's it's um they they've tried because you know they, I guess it must be really burning them, which is awesome. I find that fantastic. It must be really bugging them that I'm just at my karaoke. They've been attacking the karaoke. I don't know if that's their standing orders. But they've been going. They've been going half. They've been going, uh, you know, the extra mile, to try and get me off that thing. To try and discre- you know, to, to try and reduce my uh, my fun and zing. But uh, right. I, I, I'm just, you know, I'll sing in the supermarket if I hear a good song there. Like I, I was shopping yesterday, well, picking up a few things, and I, I heard a good song. I just started like, not like belting out the song, but you know, I was singing under my breath. And some people were smiling, and some people were like, you know, moving their head like a like a musical play, like, yeah, this is kind of cool, <laughs> you know. So I was affecting the people around me, and that was that was um, that was a good in my opinion. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, when you when you mentioned karaoke, that reminded me of my dear Christina, who was the TI who was murdered, I believe, but she. Uh, she did karaoke, but she also was part of a band, and she really, really, really enjoyed the band. She really did. That is fantastic. The singing is good. Singing is yeah. good. Yeah, well, you, you can't let it overcome you. You just got to remember this. This was the brighter tomorrow, you know. I'm. I just I can't get involved in this reduction of my life. They have. I don't. Oh, uh, just, just just a minute, uh, just a minute, please. Okay, I'm gonna put you on hold, and I'll come back to you. Okay.
Okay. Um, a couple of things Jerome said, um, you know, how they want to break you. It is so true. Um, I think everybody knows at this point that this is this is serious, what we're dealing with. This is no joke. This is serious. Um, and it's a crime that may start out kind of subtle for some. Um, and you can't ignore most of what they do, which is what Jerome was saying. But then it's also a crime that increases over time. And it could get to levels that are not ignorable, if that's a word. It's a takedown program. It's a takedown program. Um, you, the TI, is an enemy. And they're there to take you down. Period. Every way they possibly can, financially, mentally, emotionally. You know, they want to strip you of all of your means to take care of yourself, all of your support, your um, emotional support, meaning your friends and your family. They want to, uh, one of the first things they do is attack your social status. You know, if you're an, an upstanding citizen, they want to change that. If people in the community admire and respect you, they want to change that. And they do. That's one of the first things they do very quickly is to discredit you, change your social status. Make sure you're, you're not able to work, not able to think straight, not able to take care of yourself, not able to uh, buy the things that you need. You have no one to go to if you need to borrow. If you need to talk to someone, you have no one to talk to. This is what they try to do to most TIs. Now, they have not been successful with all TIs, thank God, because some will tell you they still have their original friends and family supporting them. And from what I have seen, for those staunch supporters who continue to support the targeted individual, most of the time they will become targeted themselves. That is what I have seen. So I just want to throw that in there. I want to piggyback off of some of the things Jerome was saying. Um, Snitzer in the chat room says Renata Matt uh, from the ne- from the Netherlands said that during his recent trip to Japan, they perped him much worse than in the U.S. He actually sent me an email. I hope Matt is listening. Uh, thank you for your email. I just I've been kind of thrown off a little bit to be honest from all this uh, uh, increased harassment that I'm dealing with and assaults. I will say I've been assaulted quite a few times since the last time I talked to you guys. Um, and so I have not been responding to texts, emails. I've I just been kind of um, not on top of it. So um, I'm sorry that that happened to Matt. Most people will tell you if they move or if they just go visit somewhere else, it will continue. The harassment will continue. I guess these people just contact their boots on the ground in the next location, and um, and it starts all over. And he says um, that Matt said that his um, targeting is worse in Japan than it was in uh, the Netherlands. And I think he's just visiting Japan. He actually sent me uh, an email, and he wanted me to read something, but I have not. I started reading it, but I didn't get through the uh, entire article. So I apologize, Matt, if you're listening. I'm going to try to read it soon. 
and I hope that your trip ended better than it started. I don't know if Matt's wife is targeted. I know he's married. I'm not sure if she's targeted or not. But that that's terrible. It, it definitely follows you. I've been on vacation, and there they were. <laughs> from the airport that I left from to the airport that I arrived at to all around the city to the police harassment continued, I've, I've been through that too. They They don't want you to enjoy vacation. This is a risky thing that we're dealing with, you guys. It's it's really, um, wow, it's a lot to deal with. But by the grace of God, we get through it. Hello, Cheryl. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm okay, getting through it. What's going on? What's on your mind? Um, I, um, where I live in my apartment complex, uh, I guess everyone knows because people treat me, um, really bad, and there's a lot of gossip and finger pointing, so I befriended a lady, I thought she's my friend, and we had a conversation yesterday, Mm -hmm. and in our conversation we talked about um, someone's parking in her carport. So I suggested she write a note like my sister did and get them out of her carport. Well, when she left, I came to my TV and turned it on to finish my program I was watching on YouTube. And the next scene was where the guy had a note on his car. And I'm like, that was not a coincidence, and she mm-hmm. must be one of them. So I'm going to have to cut this lady off, even though I don't have no one to talk to. She was the only one that um, I befriended here who will talk to me. But that right there, it's like they're watching what I'm watching on TV. I stopped the program because she came over. So when I resumed the program, it the next scene was the guy, he got a note on his car, just like I had been talking. So I'm just really um, just fabricated. I don't know who to befriend and who to let in my home. So I just don't talk to no one. I don't have a problem with being friendless, but... Um, because I like to stay by myself. I enjoy my own company, so the social part is not really bothering me so bad. It's just that when they use people like that, you know, they, you know, she don't know that I'm perked all day long. And I don't know if they gave her a Walmart card, a gift card, or I believe she's maybe on a, some substance. They may have given her that. But, you know, that just, I'm tired of befriending people and, and they do stuff like that. So that's pretty much what's going on with me right now. Well, when it, uh, this whole thing of uh, people betraying your trust and, and turning on you, this is something that uh, most targeted individuals experience on a regular basis. Uh, we learn quickly that it's hard to trust people. But we also know that 
isolation is part of this, and they want us not to trust anyone, and they want us to uh, remain isolated. And I'm like you. Isolation is not a big deal for me because I'm somewhat of a loner anyway. However, we do need people. We do. We need people just to talk to. We need friendly conversations. We need shoulders to lean on. We need, you know, laughter. We need people, you know. We need family. Uh, so if we can stay connected to people, we definitely should. I think some of the main um, traits that we could use to kind of decipher who is who when it comes to trust would be uh, strong intuition and strong discernment. We really need discernment of spirit, which comes from God. Um, and intuition, your intuition is your guide. Some people will call that your first mind um, or a hutch, you know, a hit, or what they call it, a hutch. You might get a hutch about something um, or a strong sense of something. You can't ignore those things. You know, sometimes when uh, situations turn bad, with with people or a relationship or whatever, sometimes the signs were always there, but we choose to ignore some of the signs. And I'm not specifically talking about you, Cheryl, with this particular situation, but I'm saying that even in some of the um, friendships or relationships that I've had in the past and then things go south, you know, months down the line or years down the line, I can look back and say, you know what, that, that sign was there. That person... Would, would would throw these little um, insults or um, that person would was not supportive as I have been supportive to that person or whatever, you know, but sometimes we choose to ignore these things, especially I think highly sociable people with this targeting. It may be harder for them to deal with um, the isolation piece of this. You know, like you said, you enjoy your own company, so you have no problem getting out and doing things on your own. But for some people, that's hard for them. And I think anybody who comes uh, approaching them as a friend, they kind of latch on to them, and they just ignore some of the red flags they may see. So it's important not to become paranoid of everybody or uh, skeptical of everyone, but if you have red flags, to just kind of keep your eye on the situation. You know what I mean? Um, and like you said, you've decided that you probably won't deal with this lady. You know, and that's, that's, that's your decision. But, you know, sometimes it's the safer route to take. It just depends. So I hope yeah. things get better. Well, um I appreciate that, and I am going to watch for red flags, but for right now, I'm just, I think our our relationship has, has kind of ceased. For me right now, that's how I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And that's who it's about. It's about you. It's about you taking care of you. So if that's what you need to do to take care of yourself, I understand. I have to make those decisions for myself, and everybody has to make them for themselves. So, yes, definitely take care of yourself. Okay, thank you, and I'll be listening. Okay, Cheryl, take care. Cheryl and Hood. Let me go back to Jerome because Jerome. Hey, Jerome. Yes, yeah, sorry about that. The The landlord came, and I had to. I just gave him the rent, so sorry about that. Mm-hmm. I had to skip out. But um, 
Yeah, that's it's um it sounds like they're beating everyone up. It's just um they uh, I don't know they 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 try it with me, but I just I just it's just like uh, I can't do it. I can't I can't go down to the I can't bow down to the scumbags. I can't do it. Like you know I can't. It's just like uh, it's it's like subconscious where my body just doesn't react. It, it, my body doesn't allow itself to. You know, to be reduced to uh, to what they want me to be. I just I just keep on my uh, I just keep on my uh, my course. You know, like um, they they try with the with the targeting. I don't know if the 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 uh, the stalking uh, increased because I, I I don't know if people listen to what I what they what I've been saying on the conference calls, but I've been not focusing on it for so long that I have to consciously try to be aware of the fact that I'm being stalked now. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Yeah, my mind is so, I don't know, conditioned not to watch what they're doing and or not to concentrate on the stalking. That now I have to take a conscious effort to say, well, oh yeah, that guy looks like he's stalking me, you know? So I don't know what's going to come out of that because it looks like they're becoming more aggressive. Now they're like, they're actually stationary, and they're like like a cluster of little fruit flies. <laughs> like uh, I went to buy pizza, and there was about maybe eight of them around in a, in a mall, and I just I just walked through them because you know if, if they touch me, it's on. I'd love it. <laughs> that that give me a reason just to uh, bind them up or just just bash their. Oh, no, I won't say that. But uh, no, it's it's um yeah I, I don't I don't give them much energy. I, I can't. Life is beautiful, and just concentrating on uh, on these people just reduces your life. It, it will it will reduce your life. It will re- reduces the the beautiful you know day that you that God gave you. You know, you, God gives us 24 golden hours to enjoy, but He doesn't say spend it on this, spend it on that. He says you can do whatever you want with your day. You know, so you can ponder about uh, garbage feces. Or you can uh, you can just enjoy the day, enjoy enjoy the sunshine, the wind in your uh, you know your face, or just the uh, the glory of you know just say God then you know the trees, the birds, the bees there you know like you see them like bees made a comeback and I find that so wonderful. Before I used to I used to see there were no bees around, but now bees are back. I'm I'm just enjoying everything. I try my best, you know. So it takes a conscious effort to be to uh, to be aware that I'm being stalked, you know, and uh, the karaoke is obvious. They just ramp it up, which is, I find, hilarious. So they obviously don't like me karaoke, which is awesome. That means that it's really bugging them, so that's fine. So, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that's just what I do. I, I, I don't know. So I was going to bring it up and ask if uh, if anyone else is getting targeted heavier. But, uh, it seems um, like yeah, a, a lot of people their targeting is increasing. I've heard from several people this weekend it's it's really getting rough. And I think a lot of that is because um, the TIs are really getting exposure to this crime and more people are starting to speak out about it um, and, and, and not being afraid to expose it. And, you know, of course, they're going to set out to try to silence us. So, yeah, no. a lot of people... Have have noticed their uh, targeting increasing, and Tammy Shu in the chat room says yes with ex- explanation points that her targeting yeah. is is very much increasing. 
Yeah, not only that, but uh, I think, in my personal opinion, last conference call was full of positive energy. It was full of a lot of beautiful, you know, positive energy. There was a lot of people that seemed upbeat. They were, you know, they they had a they, we had a good vibe going on. The talk was good. There was a lot of good positive energy. You know, exchanging. Which, which conference call are you speaking about? Which, which last, the one last week? You know, there was a lot of oh, energy there. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, you, yeah, you know, it was just a good topic. So maybe it hurt them, which is even greater. <laughs> it's great to know, you know. So who knows with these people? It doesn't take much. Walk with a spring in your in your in your in your walk, or a little strut, or a little bit of swagger. It bugs them, you know. Change yeah. your hairstyle, and if it looks good, it's gonna bug them. Buy a new book and start reading. It's gonna bug them. Buy a new CD. It's gonna bug them. Sit down and have a slice of pizza and smile when you're eating the pizza. It's going to bug them. So no matter what you do, you're going to get hurt. So, you know, might as well live life. And anything you do that's positive, they're they're probably going to try and, you know, put negative energy into it to try and uh, contaminate that good, positive feeling, in my personal opinion anyway. That's what I think. This is true. Okay, I'm going to put you on hold, Jerome, as there's a bunch of people. Um, But thank you for your comment. Okie dokie. All right, thank you. Okay, one thing that I forgot, and that is, I forgot to give my thought for the day and question for the day. Um, my thought, and this was actually the other day, <laughs> this thought kind of came to me, is that uh, everything, you know, as far as empowering yourself, showing courage, and learning to be assertive, and feeling good about yourself, it all starts with self-image and how you see yourself. So I was hoping that uh, we can begin to work on any self-esteem traits that we feel like we are lacking as an individual, because I know there are some lacking for me, and um, I'm constantly trying to work on those things, because one of the things that happens with targeting is that we're constantly being torn down, and you may not even notice because some of it is so subliminal, you may not even notice that they're tearing down your self-esteem and your self-image and and how you feel about yourself and how you see the world and all of these things. So I was wondering if you guys, the question for the day, let me just put it like that, is um, for you to describe three of your best personality traits. So I will give you a few examples, some negative traits which we're not going to focus on, but these are just examples, Um, uh, a person could be abrupt. You could deal with an abrupt type person. Or some people are just cruel or hostile or insensitive. So those are some negative traits. Some positive traits, which is what I want to focus on, uh, could be you're a very caring person or um, you're very focused or you're very loyal. And uh, loyalty is a uh, a very admirable trait in my opinion, especially since it is very hard for TIs to trust other people. So when we come into a uh, uh, meet up with a person that's loyal, those are the traits we want to look for in people. Okay, so um, you are welcome to speak as we do these check-ins, but if you could also just give some positive traits about yourself. And this will just get you to thinking that you are a good person 
because we can lose ourselves with all of this and forget that we do have positive personality traits and that we are good people. So I want to um, get you to thinking about that and to, um, to voice that. Okay, so let me start with myself. I think that I am uh, resilient. I so far have had the ability to bounce back from all of the many things these people have done to me and others. Um, and I think that resilience is a very important trait. So I thank God for uh, for giving me that ability and to and for helping me through um, through this targeting. So I have had, and I plan to continue to um, display resilience to ba- bounce back from whatever comes my way. And that's something I pray for as well. Um, also, another trait that I think is um, one of my better traits is that I genuinely care for others. I I honestly do, and I hope it comes across because I really um, have a special place in my heart for people who are persecuted um, and for the downtrodden people and for the people who are looked down upon and who are forgotten, such as children and senior citizens and any persecuted people. I I genuinely care for others, so that's one of my traits. Um, Probably my most important trait is that I love the Lord. I love the Lord with all my heart, and nobody and nothing is going to change that. Um, I also love my family, but that's four traits. <laughs> but I do. I love my. I love my. Oh gosh, anybody who knows me know I love my family. I love my children. I love my husband. By the way, my husband and I had our twenty-second uh, wedding anniversary on Friday, so I thank God for that as well. Marriage, we can talk about a whole nother time if anybody is interested, marriage and relationships. If you guys are interested in doing a call on that, we can because um, it's not easy. (laughs) It's been 22 years. I thank God for him. We were married before this targeting, well, before I realized I was being targeted. But um, targeting has made it uh, even more difficult. You know, and relationships and marriage, as you guys know, already have difficulties. But targeting has, you know, so we could talk about that on another call if you guys like to. But um, as you share, I would like to uh, for you to voice uh, three positive traits about yourself, okay? And before we unmute everybody, uh, normally I'll go down, I'll let everybody and then we open it up, but I'm going to do things a little differently. We have heard from three people so far, and we'll probably hear from a couple more, and then I'll move on to the topics because I have two heavy-duty topics that I want to talk about, and I don't want to uh, for time to catch us on those, so I'm not going to go all the way down. There's a lot of people here, um, which I thank God for each and every one of you, but I'm not going to go all the way down um, to unmute people one by one this week. So. If you would like to speak, if you have not already, if you have already spoken, I won't unmute you right now. But if you would like to speak, star eight. Okay, star eight now so I'll know that you want to say something. Um, and if you if you do not want to speak now, then maybe you'll want to speak later, and I will unmute people later as well, okay? So star eight, please, if you'd like to speak. And also answer the question either at the beginning or the end of you speaking about your personality, your positive personality traits, okay? Elvira, I'm very glad you're here. I'm going to need you in a few minutes. I wanted to talk about um, 
the thing that's happening in the TI community with one of the TIs being institutionalized. And I know that you know about that, so I hope that you can you can help me on that. Okay, I'm going to unmute Kansas, and then I'm going to unmute um, Hart. Regards my heart. Hello, Kansas. Hello, uh, my name is Renita. This is my first time calling into this conference call, and I really appreciate the order of it, and um, it's very positive and uplifting. Um, I wanted to call in reference to the young lady, Cheryl. Um, I've been going through this for eight years, and I just found out last uh, month about all everybody else, and I'm one of those who is just bold enough to put my phone number out there because I understand that the perpetrators, they already have our information, and it's been a very... Um, it helps me to be able to connect with other TIs. So if someone doesn't have anyone to talk to or would just like to connect with other TIs, I'd like to just give out my number. And, uh, okay, okay, call me. Can, okay, can you hang on one second, please? I just want okay. to slow you down just a little bit because I've never met you. Um, okay. My name is Renata. Did you say your name is Nita or Renita? Renita, yes. R-E-N-I-T-A? Yes. Okay, our names are very similar. Mine is mm -hmm. A-T-A. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice, okay. Nice to meet you. Also, it okay. looks like you're from Kansas. That's my hometown. <laughs> Another thing in common. Um, what part of Kansas are you in, if you don't mind me asking? I'm in Bel Air. That's a small town near Wichita. And I'm not from here. I tried to run from this, and my brother lives in a small town called Kichai. And so, I, I, yeah, I've been living here for about two and a half years. Okay. Okay. Well, who? Uh, how did you hear about the call? Uh, I did used to go to another uh, conference call, but I just didn't see that it suited me. And so uh, several people, James Lyko, I mm -hmm. can't think of, uh, I think I spoke to Elvira, uh, I think her name was Elvira Williams the other day. Um, there's been a couple of people that have um, recommended uh, you, Renata Murray, uh, Renata, mm -hmm. and I know it's Renata. And, and so I said, look, and they say, you know, it's very um, productive, very positive, and they said, just give that a try. And I've been apprehensive. I had your number for maybe about a month and a half, and I finally just keep on hearing so much good things about it. I said, I'll give it a try today, and I'm really glad I did. Thank you so okay. much. Okay, you're very welcome. And first of all, I want to welcome you. I sincerely welcome you, and thank you so much for coming to the call. And thank you very much, Elvira, who's a dear friend, and thank you very much, um, James, who's another dear friend. So I appreciate both of you guys referring um, Renita to the call. Okay, go ahead. I just wanted to do a formal introduction because I had never spoken with you. Uh, you said that you relate to Cheryl, what Cheryl was saying about her neighbor befriending her and she decided making the decision that she probably won't deal with that lady anymore. So go right ahead. We're listening. And, and so I'm, I'm very isolated too and no one comes to my house or calls my phone and, and that's okay but it's, I do want to um, connect with TIs. I think that's very important. And so I'm just bold enough if that's okay with you um, Renata to just give out my phone number and if any TI here who's listening just wants to connect um, feel free to call me and you know um, I would just appreciate um, to just to get to know more TIs, to just keep the laughter and the positivity, and you know, just to share with each other, you know. Yes, you are. You are uh, welcome to give your number if you're comfortable with that, and I will give you mine as well. Um, okay. Go right. Ahead. Mm -hmm, go ahead. Okay. My phone number is three one six seven five 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 nine one six. 316-755-5916. And again, my name is Anita. Okay, thank you for that. And do you have a pen? I can give you mine. Yes, uh, I have pens all over the day on place. Okay. okay, okay, go ahead. Okay, five one zero 
888-688-7277. And I, okay. I don't mind if anyone calls me, anybody who heard my number, you're welcome to call me. Just I would just ask that you unmute your number because I do not answer block calls. So um, trust me, I won't play on your phone. If <laughs> I see your phone number, I don't have time for that. Okay, so let me just ask you a few questions, um, Renita, if you don't mind. Uh, what kind of targeting have you experienced? And you said you moved. Where did you move from? I moved from Arizona, I moved from Arizona a, sm- a small town where my father retired, uh, like my hometown here in the States. Okay. And what kind of targeting do you receive, and, and do you know why you're being targeted? I think I'm being targeted uh, regarding a conversation that I had with a landlord just about things that were going on in the neighborhood. I wasn't a whistleblower or a snitch. I just had somebody um, try to steal from me when I was trying to show them kindness. And so I went down to my landlord and I complained about just all the many things that were going on in the neighborhood that I just didn't feel like was conducive to a nice community. And from there, I heard a bunch of rumors and people starting to spread the conversation in a way that I didn't mean it. I just spoke in anger, but it's been used against me. Um, that's why I feel like this targeting. Okay. I, I do know several people come to mind right away when you mentioned um, that you uh, voiced your concerns about things happening in the neighborhood. Um, Christina voiced her concerns about uh, drug dealing in the neighborhood. She's no longer with us. Um, I know someone else who voiced their concern about uh, a a golf course being on toxic waste. And uh, it's very unfortunate. Another person lives in a a housing project, and she complained about different things. It's very unfortunate that you can't um, uh, bring these things up, you know, without being targeted. But landlords and uh, especially places like HUD and those type of places, they definitely do put people in these programs. And I want people to know that because I've heard it more than once. Well, I never so lived what? under I've never lived under HUD or low income, but as a matter of fact, I didn't even go to the landlord to complain, like to point anybody out. I was just venting, so it wasn't like I was trying to whistleblow. Yeah, I was just saying no. about yeah. So it had nothing no, to do. No, no, no. I'm, I'm no, I'm not saying that you that that you were uh, that you were telling on anyone. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just um, when you mentioned that, it made me think of other people who okay. voiced their concerns, but we all deserve to live in decent neighborhoods. We are pain, right. and I'm not saying that you live in HUD, and, and, and no problem if people do live in HUD. It doesn't matter where you live. We deserve to live in peace. Right. We deserve to live in clean environment, uh, noise-free, or whatever, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and if that's not happening, we should. We have a right to be able to speak up to say, hey, you know, there's a problem here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, a tenant that pays rent, and this is what I expect. Here's my expectations. And it, it's, nothing, it's not a negative thing. It shouldn't be. But yeah, but I didn't even definitely do get put in these programs because of uh, it. So go ahead. Yeah. I didn't even think about it like that all these years. Maybe they thought that, that I went to the landlord for that reason, but I didn't. I just thought, how did I just talk like friends? So I just, yeah, I was just venting. I wasn't, so I didn't even think about that somebody probably thought I was trying to, now you put a new light on it. So anyway, um, like I said, I've been through this for about eight years, and for all this time it had just been, you know, very um, scary gang stalking. Uh, I mean, um, threatens to my life, and all. Th- so I, I tried to move away from it, and um, it's just now this last month since I moved to um, to 
Kansas, but they've been able to isolate me, and now they started doing all this electronic harassment. And I didn't even know that this existed. I just thought um, I would have to live like a hermit. People would hate me forever. But now I, I see there's another element to it. Do you have uh, family and friends? I do have a brother who lives here. I I moved here because I thought that he would be like some type of support, but his wife is a very aggressive um, gang stalker. She's involved, and she keeps us separated from each other and, you know, makes it look like I've done this or did that. And um, I do, I'm 39 years old. I've been separated from my husband for about 13 years, and I have a disabled daughter. And um, they've just, just totally destroyed her life also. How old is your daughter? 14. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So now you're in Kansas, isolated, basically. Yes. Yeah. Because you don't have much dealings with your brother because of your sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you, so you get the electronic harassment? Do you deal with any stalking? Do you get voices? Do you what do you get electronically? No, no voices. They just now, like I said, they um. I found out, it seems like it's so funny, I found out about you guys last, about everybody else, July 2nd of last month. It's like an anniversary, I wrote it down because I've been going through this for so long. But um, it seems like right after I found out about you guys, um, they started doing this electronic harassment on me because I'd always been scared of my neighbors for some reason, of people moving in. I'm in an apartment in the middle. And my heart would just start pounding real fast when I would think about uh, neighbors moving in, and now I know why, because they want to put these apparatuses for electronic harassment. And so they started doing it about um, early last month, and and it's just getting gradually stronger and stronger and, you know, just um, shocking me, Uh, the elf waves, um, nausea, itching, you know, um, just a plethora of different things that they're doing. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that. I, I do want to say um, non-human element in the chat room says the B2K is driving me crazy. So that's electronic harassment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're mentioning the electronic harassment. You're getting different things, like you said, a plethora of things. You're getting the itching and the burning and all kinds of different things. I want to mention um, when it comes to electronic harassment, something that Gary, who comes to these calls, I don't see him here today, but he mentioned uh, Q-Wave. I think it's called Q-Wave Defender, and mm-hmm. I believe it's spelled uh, Q-W-A-V-E. Um, and you can find different people talking about it on YouTube, but they also have a website. It's a little pricey. It's like $303, but it's supposed to protect you from electronic harassment. Uh, ten, uh, I think the person told me, I spoke with the person on the phone, 10 degrees around your body, all the oh. way around your body, uh, ten, 10 feet, that's what she told me, 10 feet around your body. Um, and I did purchase one for a family member, um, and it's it's working. Oh, it's working. So I, I want to mention that to you guys um, who can afford it. I don't know if they have payment plans or what, I have heard that on, um, what's that other website? Um, not Amazon. What's the other? eBay. I heard that they sell it on eBay. I would, it, but it costs more, but they have some sort of payment plan. But I would be careful about purchasing it off of e- eBay just because you don't know if it's a replica, you don't know if it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. I would go directly to the Q-Wave website. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to put that out there for anyone experiencing the directed energy weapons, maybe you might want to try that. And then some people say magnets help. 
so you may want you may want to try the magnets as well. But uh, I hope that it gets better for you. Thank you. I really do. Um, can you give us three positive um, personality traits about yourself? <laughs> Well, uh, I'm goofy, as you can tell. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm resilient, and um, I'm, I'm friendly. You know, I, I, you know, I like people. Even though I'm going through this, it hasn't changed my outlook on people. So, you know, um, I'm, I'm a friendly person, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic, 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 and enthusiastic. So. Uh, very you know. good. Those are some good ones too. Uh, op- optimism is very important when dealing with this, you know, because you do believe that things can change, and so that's good. And things will change. Things will change. I don't know when. I pray that we live to see the change, but if we don't, I pray that our children and our children's children live to see what we're working hard for, mm-hmm. which, which is change and freedom, true freedom. Yeah. Well, thank you. Would you like to say anything else? Oh no, just thank. Oh no, just thank you so much for the order and uh, just the. I mean, this is just. I'm just enjoying the energy of this call, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, and and I I really hope you come back. Um, You have my number. Call me anytime if you like. I will. You're gonna get tired of me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I won't. Oh, yeah. uh, but I, I, if I don't answer, I will call back because I do work. So, but I will definitely call back. So just uh, I, leave your number and everything, okay? Okay, I understand. Thank you. All right, and and please chime in again if you like. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, thank you. All right. So the question of the day is to give us three of your best personality traits. And, you know, it's very interesting when I was when that came to me and I started to try to think of some of my own personality traits. You'd be surprised how sometimes we struggle to think of good things about ourselves, but we are good people, and that is why we are being targeted, period. I don't really care how people uh, became targeted. If you really unpeel all the layers, it's because you were doing something good. You were speaking up about something. You were trying to expose some sort of darkness, some sort of negativity. That's the bottom line to why people are being targeted. Now, some may be because of association, but the primary target is usually because they were standing up for something, something that they believed in, something that was right. So we should not ever be too the point, uh, uh, allow these people to get us to the point where we're struggling to see good things about ourselves because we are good people and we're not going to let them take that away from us. We're not going to let them um, make us become bitter and angry and monstrous people because of what they're doing to us. So we have to keep the good qualities about us at the forefront. Okay, I'm going to unmute um, Heart. He guards my heart. Uh, but before I do that, if there is anyone else that is new to this call, please start eight so we can just say hello, and then we're going to move on with our uh, subject matter. So if you are new, start eight. We just want to say hello. You don't have to speak if you don't want to. No pressure. Hello, Hart. How are you? Hi. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Hi, Renata. 
Um, I wanted to start by saying thank you so much for letting me worry the living frou-frou out of you this week. <laughs> you didn't. You did not. Yes, you really did. did. You know what? I was I was glad when you said you were at a concert. I'm like, which concert are you at? I need to be there. So I, I, had I, this... I love it when people get out. You know, despite what, what we're going through, when you get out and, and enjoy yourself, it just makes them mad, you know. But you have a life to live, and we all should be living our lives despite what's going on. So I was really happy that you were out and about. Absolutely, and I pushed myself. I mean, it took so much courage because keep in mind, I'm on lockdown, not able to drive. Um, And so, you know, to make arrangements and prepare to, and then I'm a person who dresses up, so I look real silly in a cab and all that, but I just just had to do it. And I, that the more courage you take, I see that they step it up. And what, oh, yeah. I'm, what I'm seeing now is that now they know that I know, so they've really ramped it up. And in my neighborhood is the place where I'm most accessible because of of the driving situation. So um, people that I've lived around for 18 years, I had to do a real emotional check this week because people I've lived around for 18 years, who knew my husband, who was supposedly loyal to my husband, he would turn over in his grave if he knew how these people were treating me. People that smiled and laughed in his face. I told him, I said, scratch their eyeballs out, Daddy. Just get them. Because they have the nerve to uh, start this mean stuff. One of them directly across the street from me is doing the brighting, where he's got this huge spotlight. And I can tell... He's got a disabled family. He's got some disabled family members. He's got a midget for a daughter, and his wife is very sickly. So I know they're giving him a stipend to do what he's doing because now that I understand the political and business advantages of this, I know how people get involved. So he's getting a stipend, and he's put um, this big old huge spotlight that shines directly into my front window my front bedroom window of the bedroom and in the entryway. So anytime I go downstairs, it's just, and it's a big open window so you can see everything. So he's doing that. I've got two neighbors that I don't care what time I go out, they're walking their dogs. Uh, I didn't even know they even had dogs. All of a sudden they've got these dogs and they're walking their dogs, so I noticed that. And, um, but I'm just determined. I had to do an emotional check not to get angry because last night I just felt so, and I had this bout once before when I got so mad. I said, God, whoever's doing this to me, you just need to kill them. <laughs> so I had to repent of that because I can't wish ill upon anybody. But this um, weirdo had the nerve to show up at the concert looking like a, standing out like a sore thumb because he just didn't fit. And now that I, you know, I'm sensitized to all the red and stuff, I knew exactly who he was. So he, but the energy was so positive around that he finally got up and left. And then when I left the venue, um, they had the, um, somebody, because I had said, they know everything I say, because I said, I I texted that, um, I noticed that, um, well, anyway, when I left, they had a guy that rode by with that uh, old Stasi-style uh, hand gesture hanging out the window and all of that. So I just know that I have to keep the anger under under uh, wrap and don't let that 
interview uh, interfere with my spirituality. Another um, challenge. Okay, was, before before you go on, um, Hart, let me just say, uh, let me just um, speak to a few things you said. First of all, I know you don't mean any harm, but I just want to give you the politically correct term when you mentioned your neighbor has um, a, a child that is a midget. I know that um, the people from that community consider that a derogatory term, so I just want to tell you the politically correct um, way of referring to uh, people who are of a very um, short stature is little people. That's how they consider, that's what they um refer to themselves as little people. Oh, so okay. I, I, yes, I just want to put that out there. Oh, I do we, apologize. I, I, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. I know you don't mean any offense. I know I know that you don't, but I just want to okay. put that out there, that that is how they refer to themselves. Um, the dog walking, that is a very common tactic, very, very, very common, and I think most people who get the stalking see the dog walkers all the time. Anyone that they can put in um, an environment where it looks natural, these are the people they're going to use to stalk people. Right. So, you know, you're just casually walking your dog. That looks so innocent. But then right. you're seeing that every single time you walk out of the house. So you no matter when. No matter exactly. when. Yeah. Exactly. So you know that that is personal. Your neighbor with that, that, that big light, that's called brightening. Yeah. And that is to sensitize you to certain stimuli, you know, particularly the light. And then a lot of people will see, even in the daytime, people will have on their headlights around you, you know, yeah. all that's brightening. That That is brightening. One one day um, we're going to go over all the basic stuff because most of the stuff they do is, you know, they do it to all of us. So, And yeah. it kind of takes the sting out of it when you know what it is. You just say, right. oh, I heard that. I heard other people say that. You know, at least that has helped for me. Right. So one day we'll go over all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as the anger goes, you're just being honest and you're keeping it real. It, it makes you angry. You know, it makes us angry because these people are violating our rights constantly, and we're not getting help. Anywhere we turn, we're not getting help. So, of course, it's going to, you know, it's going to affect you because we're human. Uh, But we can't give in to the anger, and I know that you have not, so I'm not talking to you, but I'm saying we have to try to uh, keep ourselves in control because they would love nothing more than for us to lash out you know, and hit someone or hurt someone or curse someone out. And then they'll point the finger. I told you she was crazy. I told you he was crazy, you know. And then if you reach out and you hit somebody, then guess who's going away in handcuffs? You. And there's going to be 10 perps saying, oh, I saw her. I saw her hit that person first, even if the person did hit you first, you know. So we have to somehow keep it all under wraps. You know, and it's not an easy thing to do. And what I'm finding is that even when you have good days, you still have to do something to uh, to work on your own mental psyche, to, right. you know, keeping yourself together. And for me, I, I do meditation and prayer and walking and all kinds of other stuff. And I have to up that, you know, when, when they up what they're doing, I have to up what I'm doing to try to get myself to the place where I know I need to be. So I wanted to just speak to that because uh, what you said is true for most TIs. We get angry. Yeah, We do. I mean, we're human. We only, I mean, everybody has a certain threshold, but, I mean, these people cross that threshold constantly. You know, and they're constantly pushing the limits and stepping over the line. So uh, we have to keep it all together. We definitely do. And I so think the main, the main thing for me, too, is knowing that my government is 
totally in control of it and complicit with it. So that makes me question the country that I grew up in. So everything I've basically been told is a lie. And everything that I did to assimilate and be that right person, that's meaningless. So that's what I have had to struggle with this week. The other thing is um, I had, I went to my attorney because I, I, I don't know if everybody knows, but I got set up with a DUI situation, got entrapped by, they sent a perp to me. The perp lured me to a hotel. I had a glass of wine left there and was pulled over 30 minutes later. So that was the first. And at the time, I didn't even know how that had happened. I only found out about this whole targeting thing after that because it seems like what was happening to me just got stepped up. I got pulled over by the police like four times in three weeks. And so all of that made me start researching, and that's how I found uh, what was really happening and found all of you, and it had been on nothing but a journey of research. And I'm telling you, my head is just pounding uh, wide open with information of what I'm learning because it is big, and it's across the world stage. But the challenge for me was I wanted to test my attorney because I just figured that anybody, everybody in government, I, most people in government, most people in healthcare, most of the first responders, local level, community level police, they are all complicit. So my thing is I wanted to test my lawyer's response to see how he would respond. And when I, pull, I took my laptop to his office and started pulling up websites, and I could tell that it's kind of like he didn't want to know. But while, mm-hmm. I, while I was showing him what I noticed and TIs, this is what we have to be careful of. We have to go through and find the most valid, the most credible information and kind of come up with some kind of a can uh, way that we discuss it or the way that we want to present it if, if it's called for so that our credibility is not diminished and damaged through all of the perp stuff that's out there and all of the silly stuff. Because one of the things that just made me so ticked off when I was trying to show him there's some really legitimate blogs and there's some a bunch of legitimate uh, 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 YouTube videos uh, that you can show, a couple that you can show, but a lot of them have so much disinformation. And one of them is telling you, uh, trying to explain the gang stalking thing. Then it's got this silly cartoon music playing behind it, which to me just completely was done to discredit uh, the seriousness and validity of what's happening to us. So when that came up, it's like I noticed the look on my lawyer's face was like, oh, what is this, you know. So I told him what I'm going to do is go home and I'm going to come up with a um, – a a list of stuff that you can um, review and know that, but that won't overwhelm you, that you can review and know that this is a very real thing that's going on with me and you need to, to be aware of this as you represent me and as you talk to other legal people, you need to understand that this is all contrived and it's intentional. So um, that was a, a challenge and, um, just um, trying to coordinate the information so that, like I said, that it's not overwhelming, and but that just a hard hitter where you can say, "Boom, here it is." How can you question that? The other thing that I'm I'm having to deal with is 
one of the people I felt closest to, I noticed when I did come across a credible way to present it to her, she didn't want to deal with it. It's like, you know, I think people don't really want it. Once they're faced with the responsibility of having to own that it's real, then it just it takes on, on a different turn. So I know this sounds probably a little shrewd, but I'm at the point now because I've been through so much for nine years, I've been literally just devastated financially. They've stolen well over $50,000 from me. They've taken, they've torn up my vehicles. They've torn up stuff in my home, clothing. They've hurt me deeply. And and I just feel like this. You're either with me or you're not. I'm, I'm not. I feel the same way Jesus felt in the word when he was, and that's just my faith. But my faith is, 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 you know, God just, Jesus, when he came, he said, you're either with me or you're not. And that's how I feel. And I don't care who it is, family, friends, whoever, you're either with me or you're not. If you, if the merits and basis of who I've been all these years is not solid and verifiable that I am in control and something really dark and mean has happened to me, and if you have to question that and don't believe me, then leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you. We don't have anything to talk about. That's just how I feel because it's not right. And I feel that with everybody looking, that's why this has gotten as far as it has because while everybody's watching reality TV and all this foolhardy stuff that they've thrown at us, the whole world is dumbed down, and they don't even know how to embrace credible issues that are happening to, uh, to our world. And and I just feel like if you don't want to know that this is real, how do you know your turn is not next? So you know it's it's just it it is changing me inside. There is an innocence. well with with, the, with a lot of people, um, it's it's like out of sight, out of mind. You know, if it's not happening to them, or or they don't realize that it's happening to them, then they really don't want to know about it, or they just want to know the bare minimum. I think a lot of people are in fear that it may happen to them, and they don't want to have to deal with that. And so they start to kind of isolate, you know. Um, But as I was saying to Chris earlier in this call, you know, we kind of really have to understand that they really may not understand, you know, and maybe you are the type that you would take the time to try to do your research if, if one of your friends or loved ones came to you about something like this, you would, you know, show an interest. And you I would, would say, well, let me do my research. Let me let me help you. How do you feel about that? Is it, are you okay? You know, you would show concern. But we have, most TIs, we have not had the benefit of people supporting us like we would support them. And that's hurtful. It's very, very hurtful. Um, but I, I think it's important to understand that we do have a TI community, thank God we do, and that maybe we should, if if our friends and family members are not receptive to what we're trying to explain to them, maybe we should just talk about those things here and then try to keep those other relationships, non-TI relationships, intact. Because I do honestly, sincerely feel that it is very important to keep any relationships you have Um, intact as much as possible. I really, really do. And, you know, I don't know why they're not supportive. I don't know why my friends and family members uh, turned on me. You know, well, I do know why. Um, 
but it's because of the targeting, and they've definitely been contacted. I do know that. But I will tell you, at the point where my family members started to believe me, that's when they were turned on me. Before that, everything was fine, even once uh-huh. when I was targeted. But when, when they started to listen and tell me that they believed me, all of a sudden they used one family member to affect the rest of them, to infect, I should say, the rest of them. And so, you know, as a result, I no longer have relationships with most of them. A very few of them I still have relationships with. But, you know, that's their choice. I'm not going to hold anything in my heart. That's their choice. But I'm just saying if if your friends and family members are not receptive, then maybe, you know, you just kind of shelf that conversation, maybe approach it again later or whatever, but try to keep try to keep your relationships intact because we need family and we need friends. And they, they, they don't want you to have your family. So maybe you can just talk about the things you always talk to them about, although I understand that that's hard too because things, our reality has changed, you know, so much. Like you said, you're becoming this different person. But that different person can be a better person, can be a stronger person, can be a more informed person. It doesn't have to be a negative different person, a negative, you know, uh, experience, it can be positive. We can well, I have a quick, I just have a quick question before I get off. Um, um, do they employ the neurological stuff and the electronic stuff? Is it, is it kind of like a, a, after they've broken you socially and financially and economically, do they, do, do they then, do, do they, is that part of the end game? Can I expect that next? Can you expect what? The electronic part of it. Yes, I personally believe that uh, most targeted individuals are getting both. I think that whatever is more effective, that's what you're seeing the most of. Okay. So, in other words, they they know that I really do not appreciate being followed and harassed by police everywhere I go. And they know that I have issues with that, and I don't like that. And so that's what they do. Okay. There are people that I know who um, they have an extremely hard time with the voices. They conversate with the people uh, who are talking in their head, just like you and I are conversating now. They curse them out. They despise them. They talk about them all the time, about these voices in their head. So guess what? They get more of the voices in the head. They get more of the electronic. So I think more the the whatever you're most receptive to, whatever disturbs you the most, that's what you're seeing the most. That's okay. my observation. Okay. But okay. I do think because with electronic harassment, it's not just voices. It's not just, you know, people being burned on their skin, but they also can manipulate your um, your emotions. They have frequencies that can make you irate. They can make you extremely angry. They can put you to sleep. They have one called the uh, marijuana effect, I think it's called. Um, So we are being um, hit with electronic frequencies as well. That's what I've been experiencing, and I've never uh, suffered with depression or anything like that. And this week was really hard because I, I was so sleepy all week long, just sleepy, just real sleepy. And I've experienced a little bit of itching and mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. So it's just really weird. 
But I'll just say my my three uh, strong suits. I think the first one is that I'm very spiritual. Uh, I'm a, a very uh, much uh, uh, turned on with my faith, and um, one of those who people who really believe the Bible, really believe that um, it's God's letter to me, and it works for me. So that has kept me as strong as I am. And um, I just have that spirit that, you know, I know it's demonic. It's from hell. Even though people are doing it, it's it's the spirit of it comes from hell. And so I just can't let them break me. And I won't let them make me become an embarrassment to um, the the one that I believe in, and that's Jesus Christ. So I just feel that, and I just feel that I'm also very confident um, that because I've been able to, keep my basic persona intact amid all of this crazy i mean they've torn up two luxury cars completely destroyed them and i still don't have have not let the change in my lifestyle and what they've taken from me and the thousands of dollars make me feel so much less of a person i just have been able to spiritually tune in that is material stuff i can't take it with me so they took it and my god will avenge me in some way someday i may not live to see it but that and then being confident spiritual and then being resilient because i felt i feel like all my life if i didn't know how to do anything i know how to make it so you know i just i just keep bouncing back so thank you guys, and I just appreciate this. This is such a blessing. Thank you, Renata. Thank you so much. I just I just have so much love for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very 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 much. I really appreciate it. Hard. You're such a wonderful person. I can I can feel the spirit. You're very smart too. That's one trait that you. <laughs> I guess you're trying to be humble, but you're very very intelligent. I'll say that for you because you are. Thank you, and, and, I, and I, I really enjoy speaking with you too when we talk off of these calls. So. Thank you, dear Thank heart. You very much. Okay. okay, I'm going to put you on hold. All right, I'm going to take one more before we move on to the topic of the day. Um, the question of the day is for you to list three positive traits about yourself, because we all have positive traits. We all have good and bad traits. We keeping it real. I mean, we we do. <laughs> None of us are perfect. We have some things that have yet to be desired about all of us, but that's not what we're focusing on today. Um, we're focusing on the good things about ourselves because sometimes when you look in the mirror after dealing with all of this, all you see is a broken person, you know, a sad person, but that good person is still in there. That good person is more than likely what got you targeted. So we want to bring those um, good thoughts about ourselves up to the forefront. Okay, so we can build off of that. I'm gonna unmute uh, California. Hello, California. Uh, hello, Renata. It's Lydia. Um, Hi, I, my Lydia. How are you? I'm fine. That's fine as we all are, but uh, not <laughs> worse. Not worse. Um, Renata, I just would like to follow up on this very uh, spanky lady who spoke just now uh, with the suggestion she made. And that was to establish some reliable and credible information uh, which yes. could be presented just in case we don't, you know, we don't go uh, spreading it to, to law enforcement or, or any other boards like medical. But just in case uh, we are sort of pressed or, or we are in that situation, 
it is a very important point she made when she spoke to the lawyer and she came up with with various uh, uh, YouTube videos. If we could um, standardize the material we are all going to use, um, I would like to work with her really on that. Um, we could all contribute and have something uh, as, um, you know, just our ammunition, just in case. Okay, so Lydia, why don't I give Cheryl your tele? Um, that wasn't Cheryl. I'm sorry. So sorry, Cheryl. <laughs> uh, we call her Heart. I will give Heart your um, telephone number, and you two can work on that. Because as she was speaking, I was thinking the same thing. Um, because that's an excellent uh, point that uh, Heart made: is that we need to be credible when we speak to people. We need to be logical. We need to have this uh these credible websites youtube videos articles or whatever we're going to come up with uh past articles we need to have them at our fingertips at all times we need to yeah. be able to say bam 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 so lydia is, is is offering to work with heart to put something together that uh, will benefit us all should we have to speak with law enforcement attorneys family members or whatever you can say here are the websites that we go to i know that i uh, came up with a short list that I present when I go to city council. So um, it, it is really important and it will be very useful. If anyone has any cred credible website, um, uh, Lydia, would you like to give your email yeah, address? Yeah, I'll start with that if you don't you. mind, um, because that, that could be a start uh, of our sort of compilation. Uh, I would also suggest that perhaps from these websites we actually have a print uh, with us for for any eventuality. Okay, so why don't we start here? Okay, why don't we start? Let me let me unmute Hart. Okay, let's just start somewhere. Okay, Hart, are you there? Okay. Oh, are you there, Hart? I'm here. Okay, so this is Lydia. Lydia, meet Hart. Hart, meet Lydia. <laughs> um, uh, Lydia lives in Southern California. No, then. I'm sorry, Northern California, and Hart, I forgot where you live. Which state I'm in the South, but okay. she's she's reading my mind because I was going to ask you, um, is there would someone be wanting to get together as a group in collaborative effort to to compile all of this stuff to get a short, concise, productive package together where we could have a hard copy, but also have. Uh, sources that are real easy to get to to always be able to present, and I just think that would feel be very empowering for all of us. Okay, so I will give um, I'll call you guys off off of this call, and I will swap your telephone numbers with the Wonderful. others. Wonderful. mine. Okay, thank you so much, and Lydia, thank, thank you, you very much uh, with that. I really appreciate it, and you too, Hart. Okay. This is very important. Thanks so much, you guys. Um, Lydia, did you want to say anything else? Can you give us um, a couple um, of uh, positive traits? I have a million positive traits for you, but I'll let you do your own. <laughs> uh, positive traits. Uh, well, with my inflated ego, I think I would discuss everybody. <laughs> no, seriously, I think I'm pretty um, tenacious, and um, I try to stay very objective in everything. That's probably... Uh, most important traits which apply to to, to the situation. 
But okay. yeah, I don't want to blow my horn. Um, well, you know, it's not blowing your horn. It's, it's bringing your positive traits to the forefront because they beat us down, you know, and you forget the good things about yourself. It's okay. If you can you can mention good things about others, you should have no problem mentioning good things about yourself. And I will say you're very kind and very intelligent and you really care about um, – I knew when Hart brought up the credibility, I knew she would say something because you're very big on people sounding credible, logical, um, insane, you know, you want people to sound like they have it together in this community. Yeah. So you're very caring. It's very important for our cause to maintain the credibility or regain the credibility if possible. So um, this would help us if we have the material and if we do away what we say. Um, so we we should generally become more thoughtful before we open our mouths to anybody. We have to have, and if we are incapable because we are being influenced, let's have the script just like like the perps have. Let's have something which we know what we say is credible. And if we establish these various protocols for various situations, uh, mm-hmm. we probably save quite a few people going into what um, arrests or, or mental institutions. If we just have that as a kind of a, a package to op- the package, you know, it could be contained in an email. And if we can establish protocols for, for our situation, for various, various events which might take place in our life um, due to targeting, um, I think it's, it's pretty um, possible to do. I don't know how well we will do it, but we should always try. We shouldn't give up, and we should always um, try to get our situation sorted, not just uh, moan about I, I'm very much against uh, spending a lot of time talking about the perps because it doesn't get us that much forward. We know how they are. We know what they are. And uh, we should use this information in a positive way and how we can defeat them. Right. So that's about all I had to say. There is just one small point uh, resulting from the conversation on um, uh, Scott's call. Uh, I want to follow up on it, but I don't know. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time. It is uh, my criticism of... um, Unmonitored um, calls, uh, talk show calls, where they are unmoderated. And I find that overall effect of some of these calls, which happen every night and go on for a very long time, may not be that positive for, for people who are listening or who are participating. Uh, it, uh, my, my feeling is that it puts people often into the state of land helplessness. And it's uh, reinforcing that depressive feeling. We can't do anything about it or it happened again. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, So um, overall effect of having the calls available uh, may not be so good. Perhaps more, more structured calls like your call is excellent. Uh, calls where people have to apply certain um, principles of good manners and some kind of sensible, common sense 
thinking and what they say, um, some kind of uh, perhaps a restraint resulting from self-discipline of the eyes. I know it's very difficult for people who have had so much PTSD and everything else just, just piling up at the same time on them. Um, but uh, for avatars to listen to it, it's it's really depressing, and they can say they've been there, or they fear they may get there into that kind of helpless uh, helpless situation. So that's just about it, really. Well, thank you, Lydia, and I really um, I really uh, respect the fact that you always uh, have the targeted individual in in your best interest. You always suggest very positive things. And you hope, you always hope that we can come to more of a somewhat professional level with how we deal with all of this targeting and how we present ourselves. That's very important to you. I, I have noticed that about you over the years. And you try to, uh, to, to put that message out constantly, and that's good. I appreciate that about you. Thank you, Renata. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else? Now let's move on. Let's see what you have for us today. All right. Thanks, Lydia. Lydia is such a wonderful person. She really is very nice. Okay. Um, Did anybody, star eight, star eight, especially if you're new and you'd like to say anything, if you have not spoken already, star eight, or I'll just move on. And I'll come back to those who who did not get a chance to um, speak. But I do want to hit some really important topics. Um, and one of them is about this guy who uh, killed the news reporters. I'm sure you guys have heard about the two news reporters uh, that were killed on live air last week. I don't remember the exact day, um, but it did happen this past week. And the gunmen uh, actually shot these two news reporters while they were in the middle of uh, filming a, a news segment. He went to their location. It was very early in the morning, um, and he killed them, and he filmed the whole thing. And uh, the people who got killed was the cameraman and the news lady. Okay, so I'm going to read this article, and then we'll talk about uh, certain aspects of this, okay? Virginia news reporter shooter Vester Lee Flanagan was former model, high-paid companion, had sued news station for discrimination. Okay, and this is um, in the Daily News, and I will put the link in the chat room. Let me just copy the link really quick. Okay, the gunman who fatally shot a Virginia TV news reporter and cameraman during a live broadcast Wednesday, okay, so it happened on Wednesday, was a former model and high-paid companion before he turned into a disgruntled, disgruntled former employee. Vester Flanagan II, who went by his on-air name, Bryce Williams, had tweeted several revealing photos last week showing his glory days during his earlier acting and modeling career. Headshot you okay, so no like that. Um that's a caption. Let me move that. Uh let me not read that caption. Okay. Uh and he said certain things like, Heck yeah, I've been a high paid companion. You wish you could too, laughing out loud. That's one of the tweets that he um tweeted out 
along with the picture of, they say, back in the days he was a high-paid companion, which I'm assuming that means an escort paid for sex. I, that's what I'm assuming. Um, okay, the series of photos, including one of his sexy bedrooms, came to an end Wednesday when the former WDBJ correspondent used the account, and they're referring to his Twitter account, to live-tweet his fatal war path. Flanagan airs out uh, his gripe against WDBJ reporter Allison Parker, who he accused of making bigoted remarks when they were colleagues. Allison made racial comments, he tweeted. EEOC report filed. They hired her after that. And then he put question marks. So he's tweeting these little things out after he killed this lady. He's tweeting out saying that she had made racial comments towards him when they worked together. I think uh, he had stopped working there like two years prior to him killing these people. Um, And so he's tweeting out saying that Allison, the reporter that he killed, made racial comments towards him. He also tweeted out that he had filed an EEOC complaint, which is uh, equal opportunity employer or something like that. It has something to do with the um, administration of the workplace. Um, and then he's questioning why did they hire her after that, after he uh, filed his complaint. Um, Adam went to HR on me. That's the news, uh, the cameraman that he killed. He's, his name was Adam. And the shooter is saying, Adam went to HR on me after working with me one time. And then he also tweeted, I filmed the shooting, see Facebook. Okay, so he filmed this whole thing, sort of bragging on this a little bit. Um, and he's saying that he put it all on Facebook. So he's saying that he only interacted with with this Adam, um, the cameraman, one time. And after that one encounter, Adam went to HR on him. He did not say what Adam said to HR, okay? So going on, he says uh, he also, or the article says, he also posted a chilling video showing the moment he walked up to Parker and cameraman Adam Ward pointing a gun at their heads before his account was suspended. Okay, so they suspended his account. Flanagan joined WDBJ in 2012 as a multimedia journalist and general assignment reporter. He was fired in February 2013 for unknown reasons. Now, this article says unknown reasons, but I later heard on uh, the news that they fired him because they said he had strange behaviors in the workplace. Okay, but I believe that he won his lawsuit. Well, I don't know if he won his lawsuit against them, but they settled out with him. So I guess you could say that was a win for him. Okay, WDBJ TV president and general manager Jeff Mark said Flanagan had a reputation for being difficult to work with and needed to be escorted out by police when he was given the boot. They do that to anyone that they fire, so they're just kind of exaggerating there. Because when when they fire you in the workplace, most of the time they will have um, security escorts you out. Um, Vester was an unhappy man, Mark said, during the station's noon broadcast. Eventually, after many incidents of his anger coming to uh, to the fore, we dismissed him, and he did not take that well. Flanagan said on Twitter he had filed a complaint with the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. He also sent a 23-page fax to ABC News, the media outlet said. 
The outraged journalist had sued a local NBC affiliate in 2000, claiming producers and managers made racist remarks about blacks and fired him for complaining about it, the Tallahassee Democrat reported. Flanagan claims he and another black employee were referred to as monkey. A supervisor, he said, also once said blacks are lazy and do not take advantage of free money, according to the Democrat. Flanagan, who was raised as a Jehovah's Witness in Oakland, so he's originally from here where I am, is the son of a former NFL player who was drafted by uh, Vince Lombardi, the legendary and former head coach of the Green Bay Packers. His dad, Vince Lanigan Sr., was a former lineman inducted into the Humboldt State University Hall of Fame in 1975. The younger Flanagan attended Skyline High School in Oakland. That's where they um, bullied my son, something terrible, at this high school, uh, where he was voted homecoming prince during his sophomore year. The Guardian uh, reported. He posted Facebook photos uh, purportedly showing himself uh, on the field in a skyline football jersey. The disturbed man can be heard invoking God in his bizarre cell phone voicemail. Yeah, my name is Bryce Williams. This is what his voicemail said. You called the right number at the wrong time. Presently, I'm out communicating with people, so sometimes it takes a little bit longer than expected, he says in his voicemail. Always remember this scripture for the day, that this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You have a blessed day. So that is what his voicemail said. During his brief stint at the news station, Flanagan reported on the importance of installing security cameras at retail shops to save lives and help, help track down suspects and the gruesome scene of a double homicide according to the news reel he posted on Facebook last week. Flanagan graduated from San Francisco State University in 95 with a degree in broadcast journalism, a spokesman at the school said. Parker, 24, that's the news reporter who was killed, and Ward, 27, that's the cameraman that was killed, were in the middle of a news story at a pedestrian plaza on Mont, uh, on Monetay, or excuse me, in Monetay, Virginia, when about seven shots rang out. The unsuspecting pair of journalists were interviewing Vicki Garner, executive director of the Smith Mountain Lake Regional Chamber of Commerce at Bridgewater Plaza about the tourism in the area. We heard screaming and then we heard nothing, station manager Jeff Marks said. Okay, so that is the end of that article. Um, before I say anything, I want to say that um, I, I feel really bad for the families, um, the the anchor woman and the cameraman and the lady who was being interviewed. They did not deserve to die that day. Um, and my condolences for them and their families. It is never okay to lash out in violence. Period. No matter what, no matter what we go through, I will never condone violence. It, it shouldn't happen. Um, we have to do a lot of things to keep ourselves together when you are being provoked, when you are being workplace mobbed, workplace harassed, harassed on the street, whatever you're going through, electronic harassment, you it is your responsibility to take care of yourself. It really is. Um, violence is never the answer, period, at all. It's not. Um, 
with that being said, from everything that I have seen, he was uh, discriminated against in the workplace, not condoning what he did. I want to make that so clear because I'm really not condoning what he did. But I'm just calling it how I see it, and I'm a victim of workplace mobbing, as most of you know. Um, And it is violence in the workplace. It appears that this man was uh, had uh, been discriminated, had been called out of his name, had been called racial slurs, had been harassed in the workplace. Uh, prior to this happening, I guess two years or so earlier, he had made these complaints at the EEOC. Um, I believe from some of the news reports I saw, that they settled out with him. They gave him some sort of monetary settlement. I did not hear how much. Apparently, he was holding grudges against uh, these people and maybe others at at the news station. I'm not sure, but it appears that he was holding grudges, and he came back, you know, to get vengeance on these people, which is never okay. I can't stress that enough. It's not okay. These people may not even have been the people who harassed him, although he did say the lady called him a monkey or, or something like that. Um, and the guy went to uh, went to HR after only interacting with him twice. Uh, or once, I'm sorry. Um, it's still not okay. It does not justify what he did. He should not have killed those people. He should have gotten um, psychiatric care for um, uh, for the way he was feeling, for his trauma, for his uh, uh, discomfort, whatever he was feeling, he should have gotten help, and it was his responsibility to do that. Um, taking matters in, uh, matters in your own hands is, is just not okay. I know what it is like to be workplace mobbed. It is, it is psychological warfare. It is workplace violence. It should not be... Uh, accepted in the workplace. It very much is in my in my case and many other cases. Um, mine has been going on for many years. By the grace of God, I get through it every time I go to work. It is not easy. Um, the difference between workplace harassment and workplace mobbing is that harassment, it, will, it can happen with more than one perpetrator. But for the most part, when you hear about workplace harassment, you hear about the boss that's uh, sticking his finger in the employee's face and making um, degrading remarks and things like that. That happens. That is not okay. However, workplace mobbing is a whole different level. Anyone who gets the organized stalking knows how groups of people harass you and stalk you, two or more, five or more, ten or more, a hundred or more. You know, it's usually more than one. That is what happens to me in the workplace. That is what happens to many targeted individuals and other people in the workplace, and it's not okay. And sometimes people go over the edge. They shouldn't because, as I said, it is your responsibility to take care of yourself, Um and I believe that's, that may be what happened to this guy. People are saying, well, that happened two years ago. Well, when you're in a post-traumatic stress disorder, um, it doesn't, these psychological wounds, they don't heal overnight. 
it takes a conscious effort to try to get over this. And if it's continuing like it is for me, now with me, we, they, I mean, I, I deal with the sabotage. I deal with the, you know, trying to make me look incompetent. I deal with groups of people from the cafeteria. There's not a time that I have been to the cafeteria, and I usually get salad at the salad bar. There's not a time where I have entered there where the employees don't come directly next to me, no matter where I am in there. There's not a time where I went to the salad bar where they did not come to the salad bar. There's not a time where I went to the ice machine where I'm not surrounded at the ice machine. There's not a time where I don't get cut off when I come in there by someone. It, 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 it's hard to deal with, okay? That's just one group. They're all like little mobs at my job. So that's the cafeteria staff. Then you have the IT staff who, do, who does their harassment on me. Then I have the HR staff. Then I have my group uh, that I work with who pop up everywhere I am, and there's not even a lot of us, and I don't care where I am, one of the people I work with is somewhere near me, following me, harassing me. And it's constant. It's constant. It's constant. Okay, so now we have escalated from that. And, and, and not to mention my bosses made me cry uh, twice that I can think of. Um, openly humiliated me more than once, constantly following me and harassing me, he and the other supervisors and the and my coworkers. So this is a lot to deal with, and I'm I'm thinking this man was dealing with this kind of stuff too. So now with my boss, he has escalated to touching me constantly, constantly touching me. This man never touched me, never touched me. We don't have that kind of relationship. We're not friends like that. We are, I've worked there. I'm not his personal friend, and he never touched me. Now this touching thing started at work. It also happens in the community now, but it started at work after I was assaulted by one of the, uh, what do you call it, janitorial staff people who they've been using for years to harass me, this particular lady. Every time I would go in the bathroom, she'd be in the bathroom. She'd cross my path somewhere. She'd slam things. She, you know, so all of the psychological warfare going on in the workplace. Well, that had been happening for years. The security staff, that had been happening for years. Every time I'd take my walk, they'd meet me at the corner. They'd meet me somewhere along the path. They'd follow me in cars. Employees follow me in cars. I'd go to the store. they come over. There. It's horrible. It's horrible. So for those who say just ignore it, it, I wish it was that easy, and I'm pretty good at ignoring. But, you know, it's pretty obvious that it's personal. Um, but this particular lady, she ran over my foot with her cart, which also was happening in the community around the same time, ran over my foot with the cart. I complained about it. I filed a complaint about it. I went to the doctor to, you know, see about my foot. They halfway gave me therapy. They said they were going to give me therapy, three therapies. I only got one. Um and they put me on a treadmill, so I don't know, on a bicycle, I'll say. So I don't know what that had to do with strengthening my foot, but I only got one visit with the physical therapist, and the doctor ordered me to get three. Okay, so that didn't happen. Okay. Um, but after I filed that complaint about this lady um, running over my foot, this is that was in May, May 21st to be exact. I believe that's the date. 
beginning in May is when my boss started, because I've been documenting this. Uh, so beginning in May is when my boss started all this poking. Every time he talks to me now, he wants to poke or slap me on the shoulder, but he makes it appear friendly, but it's unwanted touches. So that is assault, and I don't like it. I have not had to, I talk about courage, but I, it catches me off guard each time it happens. So I have not said anything yet, but I plan to. If it happens again, I'm going to find the courage and I'm going to say something. Because he told me personally that someone else filed a sexual um, harassment complaint on him before in another uh, place that he worked. And so, and that was for touching this person. So if you're touching someone and they filed a complaint, why are you still doing it? But I know why he's doing it. He's doing it because he's retaliating against me for filing this complaint on this lady. That's what I believe. And I've called him on some things that he's done to degrade me in the workplace. And he is very much um, a person that's into retaliation because he has mentioned some things to me about other employees that if they do certain things to him that he was going to make sure they don't get this or they don't do that. So I know that he is a person that is very much into retaliation, which makes me kind of take a step back and keep my mouth closed because a lot of people in my building are in on my harassment, and I know that he's into retaliation. Let's just put it like that. I know this for a fact about my boss. I know this because of things he has said to me. And so anybody going through workplace harassment, it is not an easy thing to deal with. It is not because you need your job because it's your livelihood, you know, and they escalate the harassment, just like they do with the organized stalking in your private life. They escalated because it did not start out with these people being physical. Oh, by the way, uh, last, not last week, two weeks ago, when I uh, was at one of the meetings that I go to, the lady next to me, who I didn't even know, she kicked me. She kicked me hard. And, it, again, it caught me off guard. Um, and I didn't say anything. So I have to really pray on how to deal with this. And this this was actually at Toastmasters, because I'm a part of Toastmasters, which they don't want me to be there all of a sudden. So now the Toastmasters group of people, they're harassing me. So it's, it's terrible. It is terrible. So they have escalated from sabotage, which is still doing that kind of stuff too, but now these people are physically assaulting me at work. Now, most people will not believe that that happens, but I'm here to tell you it happens. And actually, I had another um, target that used to tell me that these things happened on his job. Um, but now I see that these things really do happen. These things are so hard to prove. How do you prove it? Who do you – and I'm saying to myself, why would I go to security who has been in on my harassment from the beginning? They'll say, let me – Okay, so I go to HR. HR will say, okay, we'll investigate. They'll go to security, who's been in on my harassment from the beginning, and HR has been as well. So they'll say, okay, we'll review the, the video, and they'll, they'll come back and say, we don't see anything on the video. So what's the point? They're involved. They're involved. So it totally discourages me from even getting them involved, and from everything that I've researched and read, when you – 
complain to HR, that's the beginning of the end because then they turn it all around on you. And I really feel like they're trying to force me to come to them because I did mention um, this workplace harassment before to another boss that I worked for. But I told him, I said, I know that you're going to tell me that the company does not practice um, retaliation, but I very much know that they do. So I'm just going to just keep it to myself because I know that they retaliate. I've seen it, you know. So it's really, really hard to deal with. But regardless of anything, we still cannot resort to violence. The best advice I can give if you choose to go to HR go to HR, but I know that it will be the beginning of the end for me because HR is very much involved in my harassment. Security is very much involved. My boss, Chris Levis, is very much involved. And I'm just going to start telling it. I mean, I've been telling it anyway, but I'm going to continue to tell it, and I'm going to call names and situations and everything and let the chips fall where they may. But workplace violence is a serious thing. It is very serious. It should not be accepted. There should be uh, uh, laws on the books against this, but not only laws because there are some in place, but the problem with all of this targeting is that there are laws that are supposed to protect people, but they are not implemented. Nobody is implementing. Nobody is holding these people responsible for what they're doing. They further victimize the victim, which discourages people from speaking up. And people don't feel like they're getting justice and so they're taking matters into their own hands, which is what it appears this man did, which is not okay. It's not okay. When they get on the news and they tell the story, they never tell the truth. They don't tell the truth. I don't know a T.I. who has gotten true justice yet. I have not heard the truth come out on the past T.I.s that ended up in the news. It always makes them look like the bad guy. They play the crazy card like they've been doing, and it's not okay. It's not okay. So for me, I'm going to start naming names, situations, circumstances, and whatever happens, happens. I just have to deal with it. But I know that my boss, Christopher Lovest, is very, very, very much involved in my harassment, and I'm going to keep telling it. And any other names that I know, I'm going to keep telling it. So Friday, I'm walking down the hall, minding my business, coming from the bathroom. They love to harass me when I come from the bathroom. They make sure one of my coworkers passed me on my way back from the bathroom or synchronized with me coming out of the men's as soon as I go in. They make sure of all of these things. So I'm coming, going back to my desk, minding my business, leaving everybody else's alone. And... The chick comes out of the kitchen area all the way over to the side where I was and hits my arm. This is at work. And she says, oh, excuse me. Well, you know what? All of these oops, I'm sorry, all these excuse me is happening too often, and I'm documenting everything, everything. And I'm going to make sure I say it here. I'm going to make sure I say it on YouTube. What's the point of me going to HR when HR is involved? What's the point of me going to security? You know why they want you to do that? They want you to do that so they can paint you out to be the problem, so they can say you have the problem with everyone. That's exactly what it is. So I'm going to stay prayed up. I'm going to continue with my meditation. I'm going to continue being 
the 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 wonderful person that God made me. I'm not going to allow these people to adjust my personality. It's not going to happen. I'm going to continue being me. They're mad because they cannot stop me from taking my walks at lunchtime. They're mad because they cannot break me. They broke me before. I took four months off work. That's not happening again. But on the same token, it's going to stop, and I'm going to start speaking up. So use all of the avenues available to you if you are a victim of workplace harassment. Go to HR if that suits you. For me, HR is involved, so no need of me going there. They just want to paint me as the problem, but I'm not the problem. I don't bother anybody. I'm very cordial to people. I'm very accommodating, Um, and I do my job. So do what you need to do to take care of yourself um, outside of the workplace and in the workplace, but never result to violence, ever. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because when that happens, innocent people die. Innocent people get hurt. People that have nothing whatsoever to do with your harassment get caught up in the crosshairs of this stuff. And it's not it's just not okay. We will not stoop to their level. Don't do it. So I, I feel sorry for everyone involved with that um uh shooting. That happened with the news reporters. They did not deserve to die. I feel feel sorry for their families. Um, I feel sorry for everyone involved. I feel bad that he did not, the shooter did not handle it differently. It sounds like he could have benefited from counseling or something like that. And people say, oh, that was two years ago. Well, guess what? The scars can last forever. And we know that firsthand. These psychological scars, they don't go away overnight. They don't. And these people are just trying to push TIs over the edge, trying to get you out of character. But don't do it. That's what I say. Don't do it. Okay. I wanted to definitely get that on uh, recording, and I'm also going to put it on YouTube, and I'm going to start telling names and let the chips fall where they may. I'm sure I'll be retaliated against because they listen to these calls. Trust me, they do. (laughs) I can tell that they do because certain things happen after I do my call. But that's okay. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not. I'm going to tell my truth. If that's the last thing I do on this earth, I'm going to tell my own story in my own voice. This is what's happening to me, and it's the truth. I am being physically assaulted in the workplace, and I'm going to tell it now. All of a sudden, I'm sure I'll have to be dealing with it, but, you know, it is what it is. Okay. Hi, Ken. Hey, Renata. Hey. Hey, let me let me tell you something. Those, that news portal and all that, that, that was a fake. Nobody got killed there. So that, 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 was, that's, that was totally fake. Everything about yeah. it was fake. The woman turned around and runs after he shot her with a hollow point bullet. You see no blood. It's totally fake. I'll tell you that right now. But anyway, I'll get back to your workplace. Some of these women, do they wear uh, shoes that, that there's no toes in them? You know, their toes are just sticking out? Mm-hmm. I, I don't turn- know. I haven't, I haven't noticed. I don't even know uh, most of these women. I, I don't but know. Let, let, let me give you some advice. You don't have to get violent. And they get real close to you, just 
just put the heel of your foot down top of their toes and take your weight off the other and say, oh, excuse me, you got, you must have got a little close. So, so you can do the same thing back to them. After you hurt their feet back a couple of times, they're going. Some of them are going to back off. You know, they. Why, why should we be doing this when we got to take pain? That's what I would. Well, you know, know what, Ken? Um, first of all, it totally catches you off guard. You know, it totally catches you off guard. And then the person keeps walking. So that would be you chasing the person, and then you're the one that's going to be in trouble for it. You know, because the person, oh, excuse me, and then they keep walking. But there's too many of these oops, excuse me's in one day. Just too many. Right. I, and I understand it, but it's like if they crowd around you and their feet mm-hmm. are handy, put your heel down on top of their toes and take your weight off the other foot so they get the full weight of them. They'll start backing off a little bit. That's what, and to me, that's nonviolent. It's just, oh, excuse me now. So that's the way I would handle that. I, I don't get that, but I'm just giving you what I would do. It's 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 not a um, easy thing to deal with. I'm telling you. And see, I don't condone violence, and I don't I don't want to go to their level. That that they're they're on a very low frequency, and I don't oh, want to be on a frequency. I, I, that I, I, I do I do believe sometimes you have to meet violence with a little violence. You don't have to go out and kill people, but you you got to let them know that you're not going to run on my rights. Just look at Bundy Ranch. They they were they brought violence down on us. And all we do is we stood there and told them we were going to take the cattle back, and we did. So they, they're the ones that brought the violence. We just we just went to the gate and said we're going to take them back. So, mm-hmm. but I, I would yeah. definitely be I'd definitely be stepping on their feet and saying, "Excuse me, too." Well, see, I'm not going to chase anybody down. The lady who no, did no. me, she she just kept she just kept moving. And then I'm not just going to single some innocent person out and do that to them. I, that's not my personality. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, but she, she's not innocent. If, if you think she did it on purpose, then when she stands somewhere, step on her toe and say, excuse me, and just keep moving. No, but what I'm saying, I don't know her. I don't know her. I don't even know if I will ever see that lady again. I don't know her. Oh. You know, and that's just, that, that, that's just one of the people. That's just one that has assaulted me in the workplace. There's been several. There right. have been several. You know, it 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 it's it, it, very disturbing that that this is allowed to happen to people, and not only to me. This happens to people every day. I think well, about that guy who told me that it, that it happens to him. You know, it's horrible. There's, there's more and more. They're bringing more and more into this program every day. That's why I think they're going to get caught. Myself. I mean, I think this is coming out. And to be honest with you, I think Tyrone's doing a great job on it. And even though well, I want you to I want you to stick around, Kim, because um, right after this conversation, I want to go to his conversation. Okay, I want to talk okay. about that. So I want you to stick around if you don't mind. Okay, you can go ahead and mute me back there. I'll just listen to you on the talk. Okay, Ken. Um, before you go, the 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 topic for the day, the question of the day was if you could give us three um, good qualities about yourself, because I know that you have many, but if you can give us three. If I can give you three about me. Yes, three good qualities I, about I, yourself. I, I say one thing about it. I'm, I'm not afraid to speak out, and I'll stand up against it. not only just TI issues, but any injustice. That's like, uh, I'll give you an example. I got a friend in California. She, she I, ta- I called her up last night. Now, these are people who don't think our government's doing anything wrong. 
Her name is Susie. And she told me, Kenny down here, close to where Jerry works at in Phoenix, because he, he goes into the refineries and fixes stuff, and he's a service guy. She they got homeless people down here, the veterans living under a bridge, and people are stealing their, coming in there, the illegals are coming and stealing their cell phones, what little bit of money they got, and beat some of them up. She said, there's one guy down here trying to, trying to help them. I said, yeah, we're going to be there the third, too, Susie. She said, what do you mean you're going to be there? I said, yeah, we're going to be down there. There's going to be quite a few of us come down there, and we're going to be, that's what we're going to be standing up again. Now, this surprised me. She said, well, I'll go to work with Jerry this week. If you can come over and pick me up from the hotel, I'll be glad to stand up for that. I thought, well, Americans are waking up. So I, I guess my three good qualities, I try to work with people. And even when I when I can't work with them, I don't I don't get, I've had people, they try to explain stuff to people. Then when they look at them and smile, they say, oh, you think it's funny. Ha, ha, you know, you, you know. I don't do that. So, well, have, have a great day, and I'll walk away, and I'll find somebody else that when I talk to them that they're willing to listen. And when I leave them, I hope they go to the computer and Google up or do whatever they do to find out what I told them is true. I just talked to a black lady today. She had a small baby. So I started telling her about the vaccine. I was in Walmart. And she said, uh, oh, I told her, go to greatergood.org. And, and Google, if they got a very good video, and they got scientists and doctors, I told her how the doctors will say, she said, well, this is my grandbaby. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, well, I said, obviously you love him. You're sitting here playing with him. She said, oh, yeah. So I told her that I went out to my car. I said, you know what, I'm going to go back there and give her a DVD on the vaccine. Just as I was going in the door, she was coming out, her and her daughter, and her daughter was pregnant again. She said, oh, here you so I started talking to her about chemtrails. She said, you know about that, too? She said, nobody believes me. I said, oh, yeah, I know about the fluoride and the water, the vaccines. They're trying to kill us. I said, just go to Bill Gates, population control with vaccine, and hear what that man has to say. He says that we need to get rid of a lot of people, 80% of the people, but we're doing a good job with vaccines and medication. Now, don't take a very smart person to figure that out. Mhm. That's true. I, I don't. I, will, I don't know. I will add to your positive traits that you're very kind and you really like people. You're very helpful. Right. Well, yeah, I try. I try to treat people with respect. I treat them the way I want to get treated. I'm yeah. still one of those old-fashioned. I see whether it's a young person, an old person. If I'm walking up the door, I open the door and let them go in. Now, most Americans won't do that because. You're going to be, they want to be the first one to get what they want to get out of that store. Well, and I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, man, you don't see us much more in our country. I said, well, you'll see it from me. <laughs> okay, Ken, again, I want you to stick around, okay? Give me a few minutes uh, and I'm going to come back to you. Okay. Okay, thank you, Ken. Okay.
I want to stress, uh, uh, don't re- resort to violence no matter which way you're targeted, in the workplace, outside of the workplace, electronically, stalking, don't, don't resort to violence because it's not the right thing to do. And that is exactly what they want. They want to push you to violence so they can say, see, I told you that person is crazy. You know, I told you that person is violent. So don't give them that. It's, it's not worth it. You're not a violent person. You've never been a violent person, so don't become one. Not worth it. All right. And uh, we'll go more into um, in-depth on the work uh, workplace harassment another time. I'm going to give different angles on that because there are organizations out there, although uh, several TIs have tried to contact them, they don't really deal with the targeted individual type of workplace harassment, but there are, you know, a few agencies out there that uh, at least have information, if nothing else, on the uh, workplace mobbing and harassment. Okay. So now I'm going to move on, and I'm going to move on to this topic, and this is where Ken and Elvira uh, will be, um, have much more information than I do. This is regarding a person named Tyrone. We'll just call him Tyrone. Um, and it's been all over. Uh, he was on the Pete's and Tilly show this past week. Um, also, there's been a lot of emails going around about his situation. So I, hopefully he does not mind us discussing it, but I know that it is out there in Cyberland a lot. Um, and... I'll just summarize what little bit I know about his situation is that he is a targeted individual, and uh, I don't know if he lives in Washington, D.C., or if he was just there visiting. I don't believe he lives there. Um, He's in Washington uh, holding up signs about directed energy and targeting, and I believe he he had on a T-shirt with Myron May and um, Aaron Alexis. He was uh, giving information on the street, and he was just uh, exposing this crime. He was trying to get attention to what's going on with him and the other targeted individual people. Um, Something, this is where I'm a little cloudy, so uh, Ken and Elvira can clarify this part of it. Something happened with social media. Someone posted something on social media that... uh, made him look like he was going to hurt someone or uh, commit some sort of crime or something like that. So as he was in D.C. Um, bring, uh, talking to people and bringing awareness and holding up a sign about targeting and all of this, he was approached by the CIA. I believe it was the CIA. Um, and they started asking him questions. He filmed the whole thing. I'm going to put the links in the chat room. He filmed the whole thing. He, um, they were asking him questions about what happened, uh, what he was doing. They mentioned social media. He said that he did do some of those tweets, but he did not do all of those tweets, and someone was sabotaging him, so on and so forth. He was very extremely articulate in the way that he was describing what um, directed energy was and how people were being assaulted and these CIA people who had him surrounded um, they were, some of them were even asking questions, you know, like they wanted to understand it better. So as the conversation went on, 
and he uh, decided, okay, well, okay, well, I'm ready to, in this conversation, I'm ready to leave. He asked them if he could leave or if he was being detained, and they told him, well, no, he couldn't leave because someone else was on their way to speak with him. So up walks these other people, and basically they were the men in the little white coats, but they didn't have on little white coats. But that's just a term to say that they were people from the mental health uh, facility. They asked him a couple questions, um, asked him if he had ever been committed and if he was on medication and all of this, and he's still trying to inform them about targeting and uh, they wouldn't hear it, so they hauled him off. And it's all on YouTube. I just put the link in the chat room, and I'm going to tell you guys the name of the video in case you are listening to the archives or you are not in the chat room. The name of the video is Tyrone Dew, D-E-W, Illegal Hospitalization. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's not it. I take that back. The name of it is August. 15, 2015, Targeted Individual Awareness, one, the number one. There are three videos. So after you listen to the Targeted uh, Individual Awareness, one, then you should look at number two and number three, okay? And they, they will probably all pop up. All right. So since he has been released, I think he stayed in the mental facility, from my understanding, for five days, I think it was. Um, many TIs rallied around him, including Pete Santelli, who most people know. He is a radio DJ, and he um, has taken on our issue as if he is targeted, which he's not. But he does so much for the TI community. And Ken Rose, who you just heard speak, and is going to come back on in a second, he works very closely with Pete Santelli um, and others. I believe Elvira was involved and some other people, and they work together to get him released, to get um, Tyrone released, because he was being held against his will. And basically, uh, back to retaliation, as I was just talking about in the workplace, but in this um, case, he was being retaliated against because he was spreading the word about um, the targeted individual's plight and the directed energy. And he's very brave to do that, because you do run the risk of um, being put in a mental institution or jail or worse, even murdered, like uh, Sandra Bland was. Um, and so they're very much coming after activists, and people should really be aware of that. In Sandra Bland's case, she was uh, an activist for the Black Lives Matters movement, and we know what happened to her. She was killed, um, and that's very unfortunate. I believe it was related to her activism. If you see the video, you see you can clearly tell that she was singled out. In Tyrone's case, he was being retaliated against because he was bringing awareness to the TI plight, and they didn't like that. And the more logical, sensible, and credible you appear, the more they're coming after you because people will listen to you, and they're coming after you. And... um most people know when you speak out about it, even in a small format like this, they increase your harassment because they want to silence you. So imagine if you're on a street corner in Washington, D.C., with all these people, you know, uh, kind of listening to what you have to say, they're really coming after you. 
So keep that in mind as you talk about your harassment. You know, keep that in mind. that They are really trying to shut the TIs down these days. They really are. But, you know, for the people who feel strong enough to continue to go forward, that's what we have to do because we have got to get it out. It's either be silent and continue to be tortured or make people aware of the torture that is happening to us. And I will not suffer in silence. I'm not going to do it. I know that means that it's going to escalate because, as I said, they're getting physical with me every day now. Somebody's touching me. At the movies, the lady came way over with me, bumped into me. I mean, I'm dealing with this, but I'm just going to have to deal with it because I refuse, refuse to suffer in silence, and that's the stance we all should take. Because if it's happening to me, there's a chance it could happen to you. I'm not the first person it's happened to, and I will not be the last. Sandra Bland is not the first person that was killed for her activism, and she won't be the last. So if we want this to stop, we have no choice but to expose it. Okay? We have to expose it. So let me unmute Ken. Ken, can you tell us more about um, Tyrone? I'm going to unmute Unmute Elvira as well. Elvira, are you there? Hello, Ken, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, I'm sure Elvira will chime in. I have unmuted you, Elvira, so uh, you're welcome to speak. Okay, can you give us any insight on what happened? Just take it from the beginning because I don't know much about it. Okay, he was standing in front of the White House. And, and actually, it was the Secret Service, not the CIA. It was the Secret Service that come out. Uh, okay. I, I apologize. Mm-hmm. No, that's all right. And then, actually, mm-hmm. they held him for about 10 days. Now, Elvira informed me that they had him. So I, that night, I went right on Pete's show and announced it live on his show. And we gave out the phone number and asked people to call. And then the next day, Pete called me, and he said, okay, let's Let's get on the phone and call the the hospital. So we got on the phone, and I didn't say nothing. Pete did all the talking. He's got it all recorded. He talk, he 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 comes real close to threatening them. I call it. I do call it a threat because I'd already called her and told that doctor. I told Pete I've already talked to the doctor. I told him if you start drugging him, you'll wish to hell you hadn't have because you will be dealing with me. And my name is Kenneth Rhodes. And I will be up there if you start drugging. So I told Pete what I said. So Pete went on and gave him some pretty good threats. And they brought the CEO of the hospital on us. And Pete started threatening him. He hung up on us. So then Pete called back in. We got the COO. And she was a woman. And she said, well, I'm trying to understand this, but you're sounding threatening to me after Pete. It went on for five minutes. And Pete said, no, it's not a threat. But I'm telling you what's going to happen. And then she hung up on us. So at least, you know, they were all, now they got to wonder who this guy is, that they got a lot of people calling, and they got a, a guy from a radio show calling. He told them, I'm putting you on blast tonight, so you're going to be on the radio, what y'all are doing. So actually, we got, his, we got his telephone privilege taken away for what we did, but that's a small price to pay, I think, for uh, for what he was doing, you know. I told him, I said, Tyrone, I'm going to tell you something. I, I hadn't spent 10 days in, but I'll pat you on the back when you get out. When I meet you, I'll give you a hug and pat you on the back because 
admire what you're doing. I just went up to Walmart a while ago because this guy is needing money. So if anybody's got any extra money to help him, it'd be greatly appreciated. Then I called up Jeff Murray and asked him if he could send him a few dollars. He said, get me on the phone with him. And I got uh, three waited. So he's going to send Tyrone a few dollars. But this guy said there was nothing. He's told me that some nights he didn't have a place to stay. But yet he's going out on, he went to Florida. A lot of people said, oh, he shouldn't have did that. Well, and then I had people tell me, well, he shouldn't have been out there alone. Well, he wouldn't have been if you'd have went with him. And then when he, after we got, we brought him on Pete's show one night, then I came on. And Derek came on. Derek was more or less criticizing because he went by himself. And that, that made me mad. So I came on. I said, I said that group teaches everybody to be cowards. And I really believe that. We're, we're all in this. They want to kill all of us anyway. So if we're going to stay cowards and afraid to speak up, I refuse to. I'm like you. I'm not, I'm not afraid to say what I say, and I'm going to say what I say. If they want to come out and get me, that's fine. But Tyrone, as far as I'm concerned, is, a, is the, gra- the greatest. I mean, that, so he had to spend 10 days. But also, I'll tell you one thing, we may come out with something good out of this because Pete called uh, the Rutgers Institute, John Whitehead, and got him to take Tyrone's case. So I don't know where that's at right now, but it looks like there's going to be a lawsuit coming out of them taking all his rights away. So hopefully something gets done, and that's about all. Maybe Alvaro can tell you a little bit more. Alvaro, are you there? I don't know where she went. I have her unmuted. Um, as far as, you know, doing these things alone, it's always better in groups. You know, if you can possibly do your activism efforts with someone, that's always going to be better because they think twice, you know, when there's a witness there to see what they're doing to you. But, you know, there comes a time where, you you know, you wait on people, you wait on people, and people are not very active in this community. People will say a lot of things, but not a lot of people will actually get out there and, and do certain things, and that's okay because everybody has to do what's comfortable for them. Uh, but it just comes to a point where sometimes you just have to go at it alone. That's how I feel. I mean, I wouldn't want to, but, it, I mean, Sometimes if you don't do it alone, it won't get done because you can't force other people to, you know, to participate. Well, so I can see okay. why he went out there. I mean, he's brave enough to do that. You know what? If you if you wait on somebody else to get us out of this program, you're probably never going to get out of it. So I admire him for what he, I admire him for what he done. Plus, too, though, you got to look at we got some crazy some crazy goddamn people in this program. Some of them, I wouldn't want to stand beside me. I'd rather be alone. That's why I work alone a lot. I, I get a few things done, you know. At least I got Pete Santelli. Well, we, when we go on that show, we've got a million people that's hearing us. I, that's better than being on any other show that I've known. That, you know, I try to get Alex Jones to take it up. He wouldn't take it up. And you remember I bullhorned him about it. So right. at, least we, at least we got Pete speaking about it, but yet not very many T.I.s were going to listen to him. Last week, he was on the TI issue, almost, and I asked him, he tried to say targeted individuals instead of TIs, because I've had people email me back and say, what's a TI? You know, the, so when you say TI, people, they maybe they think that's a total idiot. I don't know, but the, that's one thing that we need to start saying, targeted individuals, forget the TI. 
Because the only ones that understand that's the ones that are in the program. Yeah. That's true. That's an acronym, but you're right. Not everybody knows what those acronyms stand for. Right. But if anybody's got any extra money, Tyrone could really use it. He's staying at people's other targeted individuals' houses right now because he don't have a place to stay. I told him, I said, the only way I know how to do it, Tyrone, I don't have it on my credit card because I'm actually broke, but I'll go to Walmart and I'll send you $100, and all you got to do is walk into Walmart. They give me a number when I send it. You give them that number, they hand you your money, and you're out of there. So if if you don't have money on credit cards, you can even do that. Walmart sees it. They charge me nine ninety five, which is a lot of money to send him a hundred, but you know, at least at least he still gets his hundred. Right. Okay, so Tyrone is taking donations if for anyone listening who may have a little extra that they can help him with. Um he needs a place to stay. He's stranded in it did he did he leave um D C yet, Ken? Yeah, he right now he's in New York, so guess where he was at yesterday? He was standing in front of Trump's building with his signs, his T-shirt on, and handing out literature again. I, I, I really admire this guy. I wish every, every target individual had half the, 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 I'd say, balls or the spots or the courage to do what he's doing. I wish every one of us had half as much as he's got. Yeah. He, he really needs to be, um, he needs to be very careful in New York as well because those police are rough there. Well, you know, when they see that he got out of, there's nothing wrong with him. They're going, they're going, you know, they get a little leery of just grabbing people off the street. But now, if you listen to what they're saying on the news after this fake shooting of that news reporter, mm-hmm. Obama, Obama, what I understand, come out and said everybody in the United States should have to have a, a, a psychic valuation before they can own guns. Oh my! Yeah, they've they've really been trying to get the guns off the streets. Well, they're trying that as hard as they are. They want a black and white race war too, but and so far yes. they haven't been able they haven't been able to get that. Yes, that is so true. Well, I don't know what happened to Elvira. Elvira, are you there? Okay. Well, I wish the best for Tyrone. I I I, I really do. Um, and like you said, he's very brave. Well, very brave. At, at the point we're in. It shouldn't be nothing but that. I'm here. Oh, hey, Elvira. Hi. Do you want to um, um, chime in with anything we've been saying? I haven't heard from, from Donald since, since the pizza and chili steal to this day. And uh, someone gave, he has a place to stay to do the next protest. He just need $100 to get the flyers. He needs flyers and stuff. That's what Tyrone needs needs now. Okay, so how do people donate to him? On his website, like Mr. Rose say, or Mr. Or they can send it to Mr. Rose, who who know Mr. Rose, and Mr. Rose will make sure you get it. No, 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 don't don't do that. I I don't no question ever come up that I kept some money. Go to his. Oh, I hear you, Mr. Rose. But okay, what what is his website? Give his website again, please. Oh, I'm not, Mr. Rose. You know it. You know, I, I don't know it because I didn't use it. I went, I went to Walmart and sent him the money. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I can. Go I can to, get the website. Yeah, go to the website. That's the only place I know. 
Okay, let me... Uh, and I can't remember. Me. I think it's targetedawareness.com. Something like that. Okay, well, we'll work on getting the website. I, I think it's targetedawareness, and it's spelled with two S's, dot com. Okay, let me see if I can But find if somebody it. really wants to donate, they, they, they'll find out if they really want to, you it, know, if they really want to give I, me any money. Okay. Right now, I'm on a call from outside of the country, so I'll be back when that's when that's over. Okay, Just Barbara, type, thank type you. what you want to know in the in the chat room for now, and when I get off this call, I'll be back. Okay, thank, thank you, you Barbara. Thank you too. Okay, love you, Mister so, Okay. Okay, best. so we're we're gonna work on getting um, Tyrone's um. Website information. I actually had it pulled up this morning. I just have to see where I saved it at. Okay. So, anything else you want to say on that, Ken? Yeah, just just because he only needs a hundred right now, he still don't. He can't even go rent a hotel room if he has to. And when he goes back to Virginia, if he don't know somebody down there, he's at least going to, you know, we can put him in a skid row place if nothing else, you know, so he don't have to stay out on the street all night and go to coffee shops and sit around and wait till the next day. No, right. If anybody, if anybody can help him out, it would be greatly appreciated. Okay. So, again, I have to get the information where they know where to send it. Um, that'll take me a few minutes. Okay. Um, well, Tyrone was interviewed on Pete Santelli's show, and I just put that link in the chat room. You guys should check it out. You will hear the entire story. Ken was also on that um on that call. It was very interesting. And um, you will see that Tyrone is is not mentally ill at all. He is extremely intelligent. And that's even more reasons why they wanted to shut him down. Right, Ken, when you think? Yeah, he, yeah he's believable. You know, he, he, he's very. He, he's not one of the target individuals being pushed over the edge. There's a lot of them that have been pushed over the edge. And they don't use common sense. You know, you've got to use common sense in this program or you're not going to get very far. That's so true. Okay, so for those of you who are listening to the archives or not in the chat room, the name of that is, um, and you can find it on YouTube, it's called Pete Santilli, S-A-N-T-I-L-L-I, episode number 1051, and then there's a dash, and it says activist institutionalized dash for passing out info at White House. That is how you can find that uh, video. You can also go to Pete Santilli's um, website, but I think it's a little easier to put uh, it I have it. I have it. It's sehawareness.com. S, like Sam? Sam, Elvira, Henry, whatever, dot, uh, awareness.com. Okay, great. All right, so I am going to put that link in the chat room as well. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Okay. Let me finish this uh, um, call that's outside. Somebody's outside the country. Thank you, Elvira. Okay, and I'll be back. Okay, thanks so much. All right, so here is Tyrone's uh, website. If you guys would like to donate, it would be greatly appreciated because he is out there on behalf of all of us trying to get uh, bring awareness to this crime, and he's suffering for it. He is put in a mental institution for 10 days, 
And had it not been for um, Ken Rose, Elvira, P. Santelli, and some others um, calling, making phone calls, and advocating on his behalf, he would probably just disappear. Because believe me, they do disappear, people. You wonder sometimes where this person is. They have been disappeared would be the word for it. Um, Kidnapped taken against their will, put in mental institutions, put in prison, it happens. Killed, run off the road, it happens. Many people will tell you that it happens. Um, and I do know several TIs that, that that has happened to. So this guy is literally putting his life on the line for all of us. He's bringing this awareness not just for himself but for all of us, so we should support that if at all possible. So I did put that link in the chat room for you guys to donate to him. He needs um, his immediate need uh, is somewhere to live, um, a hotel. I think one of the TIs is helping him with the hotel room for a couple of days. He's in New York at this time. Um, and he also needs flyers. He needs to make copies. He needs money to make more copies so that he can pass out flyers. Okay? The other... Um, video that I would like you guys to see is called I Am a Targeted Individual, a Conversation with GMN's Ken. And Ken is the person that is on the call with us now. And he did an interview, which was excellent, by the way, Ken. I did see that. Yeah. He interviewed um, with Pete Santelli. So you guys should um, look that up and familiarize yourself with Ken because Ken is a very important person in our community. He's another one that literally puts his life on the line because um, just because you're not um, out there uh, like a person would think that you'd be out there, but just the fact that you speak up and you're so vocal like Ken is, Ken is very, um, very brave, and he's very vocal. And uh, people in the court system, the mental institutions, the hospitals, they know Ken, and they know that Ken does not play. And um, that in itself is dangerous. That's very dangerous. I hate to say that, Ken, but it is because, you know, they want to silence you. They don't want you to be so uh, boisterous and, and stand up for people. But Ken very much advocates for people and people that he doesn't even know. Ken has driven people across the country you know, so that they can be in a better living situation or see their relatives or things like that. So we want to make sure that we support people like that, you know, that are uh, are trying to make a difference in this community. You know, he's one of those people that's not afraid. So we really appreciate that. So if you guys want to know more about Ken, I uh, just put that link in the chat room. So check out that video. It was a good interview. And he works very closely with uh, Pete Santelli. So that's great. Thank you, Ken, for all you do. Thank you so much. Okay, you put me back on mute for now, and I'll listen. Okay, I will. Okay, thank you. Uh huh. Thank you. Put up fire on mute too. I know she's on the phone. Okay, so this is what we're gonna do now. Okay. Um. Let's see. Okay, so the conversation has been kind of heavy so far. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to mute everybody and we can just talk, okay? Yeah, I just ask that you keep it brief. Everybody keep it brief to allow 
other people the opportunity to speak. And I know there are some people that are um, a little more shy and and not as um, willing to speak up if they have something to say. And uh, people tell me all the time that they get intimidated by some people who dominate the conversation, but they they don't speak up. They'll tell me, but (laughs) they won't speak up on the call. So I just ask that you limit your comments to give other people a chance because if they, you know, hear a little blank space, they might they might uh, be more willing to speak up. And we definitely want to give everybody an opportunity to say what's on their mind. Um, and then just be respectful because this is this call. The premise is support, um, and the whole point of this call is that we want to come up with ways to move forward in spite of what we're going through. So in spite of the torture and the persecution, we still need to find that window of opportunity to to march forward, to go on with our life, to be who we are. And like Hart said, she went to the concert, you know, uh, Jerome, karaoke. These are the things we want to continue to to do. We want to live our life. You know, we want to find ways and share ideas on how to do that. So that's the premise of this particular call. Each call is different. They all have their own premise. That's the premise. That's the main premise of this call, but to also process what we're going through. I'm a person that needs to process. I do much better with my targeting when I can talk about it. And to talk about it amongst you all who I know understand is a big thing for me. So I want you guys to know that I appreciate all of you, and I I pray God's blessings on all of you and your families and I. I pray that the Lord continues to keep you strong because even though you may feel that you're not strong, you are strong because you're still here. You know, you're still here. So I appreciate each and every one of you. And I'm going to unmute you guys and ask you to just keep it brief and not talk over each other. And, Ken, if you want to be muted, um, just mute yourself back. Okay. Go ahead, anybody. I'm muted. A bunch of people. Anybody want to say anything? Well, I'm going to get my two cents. Go ahead, Jerome. Yeah, I'm going to get my two cents in here. Uh, yeah, pretty heavy conversation. Whoa. <laughs> but um, yeah. some of my positive traits, I don't know. hope no one holds it against me, but uh, just due to my leadership and the courses that I've yeah, just due to my military service and the the courses that I've taken, I'm a, uh, I, I, I lean towards leadership sometimes. It just seems to be natural for me. So leadership, and I'm very loyal, loyal, and uh, I'm a caring person, and I'm um, happy-go-lucky. Uh, I use humor to diffuse situations. I find it very effective at reducing stress. So uh, is that three? So that's, that, that's it in a nutshell. That's... Uh, of my traits there. Good for you. And you know what? Humor is big because I'm a person that doesn't have a lot of humor. So humor is big, and humor can, can pick you up when you're feeling down. So that is a very good trait to have. Very, very good. Um, Hassan in the chat room says, we're still here. He says, yes, I'm still alive. And you know what? As long as we have breath, we have hope. And I want that message to be clear, that there is hope. It might seem hopeless, but my God is a miracle worker. So we we still have hope, and we, we hold on to that. Okay? Anybody? I don't want to do all the talking. I want you guys to talk. Say whatever is yeah. on your mind. The lady, yeah, you okay. know what? Uh, 
Hey, this is Alda. Um, I recorded a show. Hey, how you doing? It was good seeing you up in Oakland, by the way. We really yeah, haven't yeah, had a yeah. time to talk. Alda was, <clears throat> was in my neck of the woods a couple of weeks ago. Alda was in my neck of the woods, and she gave me a call early morning, and we met up, and we had lunch and things. It was very nice, very, very nice. So it was good to see you, too, and I'm glad you are working, and you just moved, and you're doing well. Yeah, I, sort of, until I went through one of my luggages, and I you know, I collect rocks, and I know it sounds funny, but they're not rocks. They're usually, um, it could be any stone, you know, like what they crack a rock open, and then there might be amethyst or citrine or some type of thing. So I've been collecting those over the years, and I went through the lock suitcase um, to go look for something, and I found that all of them were taken. Oh. Thousands of dollars. I've collected them over the years, so... You have to, um, it doesn't matter if you lock things and then you lock them within a lock thing and lock it within that lock thing. They get to things and they tend to um, believe that your property belongs to them. But this is thousands of dollars worth of collection. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. So question, what, what's, with the, what's with this lock thing? Like, I'm experiencing the same problem with my locks. I look... <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I can lock. I I, lock, I had a suitcase within a suitcase within a suitcase to lock everything, and when I finally went back because I like um, Renata was saying I'd moved, so I, was, I wanted to put them out for decoration, and they're all gone. So they they sift through things. I don't, they get into things, and they believe that your property. If they're kind of like you know serial killers that like to have um, momentums or um, things of the the kills that they do, so to speak. Well, that's what we deal with as targets. They believe that that's their souvenir from what whatever it was that they did. So, in my case, this is thousands of dollars worth of a collection. I'm so sorry to hear that. So, did that happen while your stuff was in storage? Yeah, no. This this particular one I kept with me, so it could have been down in L.A. or it was recently oh. up here when I when I took everything out. But that, that oh. some of the things I carried with me <clears throat> because they were of more value. So it's a possibility, and that and and the one in Los Angeles was also in a closet that I had to lock on. Okay. So if I go out for you know two or three hours, four hours or whatever, it gives us plenty of time. And they like to sit through their things, and they believe that that's some type of souvenir that they tend to get for themselves. But it cost me thousands of dollars and years. It took me years to collect these particular rocks. So they're not like rocks that you find out in the street. These are like um, various uh, stones that come directly from the rocks. But, but can you call, for, for, for that particular instance, can you like call the police since it's an actual confirmed theft? It yeah, but the only problem is I can't, I can't determine where it happened. I mean, I do have something in with the Los Angeles Police Department, but that was mainly cyber issues, cyber and telecom or electronic warfare, electronic attacks, in terms of my, my telecommunications and my internet. Uh, and computer network exploitation and attack, um, but this one is this is more. But this is more valuable. So I got to no, figure out who well, I need uh, to talk uh, to. Life stolen in the chat room says sometimes they put things back later, so you would think you're crazy. Well, that'll never happen with all this. She will never think she's crazy. She knows about <laughs> the gaslighting. She knows about the gaslighting, but that is important to bring up. Life stolen. I'm glad you brought that up. For yeah, I'm glad you did too because it know. actually happened to me. I was telling Renata that when I first moved in, I put my cell phone on the counter because I was moving boxes and everything. And so I had gone into another room, and then when I came back, I noticed that it was gone. So I did uh, telephone the local law enforcement, 
And prior to that, I had had another incident with another city with law enforcement, and I um, that actual law enforcement officer wrote a police report, and it had to do with my automobile and taking it in for uh, uh, just an oil change and coming out with, like, telling me that there's hundreds of dollars worth of damage, which I knew was not transpiring. So that law enforcement officer actually believed what I had to say about this targeting, and he sent a police report up to the California Bureau of Automotive Repair. So that was that helped me because then I can follow up with the state of California that there's this what's going on. Whether they do anything, the main thing is to get it recorded so that there's a track record that when you have a law enforcement officer who will listen to you, you got to take advantage of it and do it in a rational way to let the state know that there is an organized network that are committing these type of crimes. Right. Yes, but it, needless to say, this other law enforcement officer, he vacillated back and forth, but what he really wanted was the name of the officer in the other city who assisted me, and I didn't give him the name. Hmm. But they did that to me. He called it, and then it sure enough, the, the cell phone rang, and they had hidden it within a box within a box in somewhere that I there was no way that I would have put the phone there because I had, already, I had been on the phone talking to someone and placed it directly in one location. So you're right, uh, life stolen, but they do return things, especially when they know you're going to call the police. And that that's important for people to know because not everyone knows about the gaslighting, you know, these people try to do, try to make you question your own sanity by yeah. removing things and then putting them back. Or many people would tell you that holes have been put in their clothes or uh, they leave and they come back and their door is unlocked and they know it was locked or a cabinet is open or, you know, all these little gaslighting things that they do. So. Right. So I told the, actually I told the officer, you know what, I want you to call it and you're probably going to find it, but it will be in a place where I know I didn't put it. So I already told them what the process was and how they do this. Mm-hmm. So, but needless to say, uh, what I wanted to tell you guys was that I recorded a show, and it has to do with the Indonesian genocide that transpired. You know, the United States backed uh, Indonesian genocide that approximately one to three million people were massacred. And there's a new documentary. Uh, it's the second part of a documentary, and it's called, um, it has to do with silence and being silenced. And this one is really good because these are the victims who now want the perpetrators of these crimes to admit their wrongdoing. And it's the, whole, the documentary is based on this whole concept of truth and reconciliation. But when you listen to the stories of the victims, it's no different than what we're dealing with in the 21st century as targeted individuals. And you did so, a show on that. Tell people how to get to it. Okay, my um, talk show show number, so you go to the talkshow.com, and the show number is 99, what is it? 995121? Uh, 95121. 95121. I have to look it up real quick. Alda used to do shows all the time. She hasn't done um, many lately, but it sounds like she's starting to do some again. But her, her shows are excellent. You should check them out. And so what this is to give a target an idea that what's happening to them, that the people who are involved with your, the perpetration of these crimes, state, corporate, and academia, sponsored, sanctioned, and covered up. But at the end of the day, the people that you're dealing with as the victim believe that they are these 
new cutting edge, new age, new wave, whatever, multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-socioeconomics, and that what they're doing is something original and new. But what I can show through the history is that everything, save the cutting edge technologies that they have at their disposal now, but the tactical operations, the mindset, and the mentality of the people who commit these type of atrocities against targeted victims are no different than the Indonesian genocide, you know, Hitler's Germany, right. Mao's China, Pol Pot's Vietnam, uh, Pinochet's. So what I'm saying is that as a victim, you begin to realize that what you're dealing with is ignorance, mainly, that people don't understand the true nature of history. Because if they did, they would never align themselves with yet another group of people who are targeting other individuals for systemic destruction. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, the, your call is um, 99521, and I'm putting the link in the chat room. Okay. So, okay. yeah, the episode is called Silent, uh, Silenced because there's also a documentary uh, with Thomas Drake, uh, Jocelyn Raddick, and John Kiriakou. And that's the 21st century of what happened when they blew the whistle on torture and violations of, you know, the NSA spying. So there, that documentary is called Silence. And the one that I did mainly cover today was the look of silence about the 1965 to 67 um, massacres of the Indonesians backed by the I'm United gonna, States. I'm going to check that out because, you know, it, it, it's very important for us to understand history. You know, yeah, these, because, say, these type of things are just repeating themselves. Yeah, they, because people aren't willing to admit to what happened with our involvement. Maybe it was covert, but we were still involved in Indonesia and Latin America. You know, all these places that people think that was just these, these uh, death squads and things. What they don't realize is that funding and, and teaching these people how to utilize these type of operations were being taught by the Americans to these other dictators and other countries like that. Right. But this one, okay. the look of silence is good because it really deals with the, the, the victims of the perpetrators and it talks about the neighbors and how the neighbors, your very neighbor was involved with the massacre of your child or your husband or your wife or whoever was dragged off. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? And so they have to look at these people all these years later, and they still are in some semi-power, and how the victim has to look at these people, and they don't feel any remorse for what they did. And they refuse to admit that what they did was wrong. Yeah, well, that's not too far-fetched because, you know, your, your neighbor is definitely involved and you're targeting these days, so I could see them going all the way to doing things like that. Yeah, uh, and I'll, that's I'll what, put you on hold for a second because I have um, some other people that want to speak, but thank you. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you. So thanks for letting me talk. Okay, thanks. Gosh. And I did put the link to her um, her um, her page, which is 99521. That is her call ID number on talk show. Okay, D, how are you? I'm hanging in there, Renata. How's everybody doing? We're doing good. I'm I'm so happy to see you. I'm I'm glad you're doing okay. Everything been yeah. okay? I'm 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 hanging in as tough as I can. Um mm-hmm. I Did you am... move? Weren't you supposed to move? No, 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 that's not me. I wasn't moving. Oh, okay. 
I yeah, thought something you know. was going on with your apartment or something. A couple oh, of yeah, there's always something going on with my apartment. You oh, know, okay. look, like the lady just said, the neighbors. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have law enforcement neighbors that are sitting here as spies. And oh, wow. um, I have military and federal watching me. Oh, yeah, and they're online right now on the call because, see, I'm going to mention my mom, what my mom does and what she used to do. My mom's just a retired correction officer right here in mm-hmm. Brooklyn, New York, from New York City. She was one of the first responders working 9-11 under the tent for the medical examiner's office. She helped with sorting the body parts for all these firefighters and cops that died down there. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah, and I mentioned her a lot because, see, my mom's also worked for Whacking Hut. In the GEO group. Now, mm-hmm. Wacker Hut and GEO group, these are private penitentiary facilities. All right, now, yeah. being that these people know who I am and they've known who I am for years, I also worked in a zone down there. I worked for King Teleservices, which was the subsidiary company for Sprint, selling their long distance. And I was in the, the zone that was affected when them towers came down. So moving mm-hmm. on from that, you know, they love watching me because not just of my connections with 9-11, not just because of my connections with family, but I go through satanic ritual abuse. I have VTK telling me that we're the family. You F with the religion. We're going to blow this bridge up and blow this bank up and blow this up and blow that up right here in New York City, and we're going to blame you for it. And I've been told this for the past three years, that this little clique of Satanists out here that work for these federal agencies want to set up another mass casualty incident like the Boston bombing, like 9-11, like every other mass incident that's just happened recently. All right, I even have them in my ear right now. I can't even have a full free thought because they blast my apartment. Well, ELF and ELH ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to make a comment. I know you get yeah. to V2K really bad. Um, I do. Have you ever have you considered the Q wave? Um, I hear it is effective. I recently bought one for a family member who is getting good results. It's spelled Q U W A V E. I've heard of it. Yeah, you can see testimonials on YouTube. They have a website. I think it's Q U W A V E dot com. It is mm-hmm. kind of pricey, so, you you know, people may have to save because I think it costed uh, $303. Um, yeah. And it's supposed to protect you from directed energy um, 10 feet around your entire body on every angle. Um, it, the testimonials on YouTube and give positive feedback. My family Yeah, Dwight Magnum was talking about it a while back. Yes, yeah, that, that might be something you might want to consider. Maybe it will lessen your V2K. That's one thing, and that's for anybody who gets electronic harassment, even if it's not V2K. Um, so just, you know, check them out and learn more about it. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing is for the people who, and this is not just directed at you, but for the people who get V2K, I'm just wondering how much validity do you give to these people that are talking in your head based on the, the conversation that they're giving you? How much validity do you give them? Um, and do you engage in conversation with them? Because I would suggest not, you know, trying to ignore that as much as possible, which I know is really hard. 
so I'm not trying to minimize it. But, um, you know, at least try not to engage with them or talk back to them. So I'm just wondering, how how valid do you think what they're saying is true? Say that again, what you said? How valid do you think what they're saying is true? How how much validity do you give to what they're saying? I, I give them 60-40 because they're, they're doing real live neuromonitoring, so they extrapolate from my own memories. And so they add in from my own memories and what did I read in the paper and extrapolate and use that as constant V2K, like talking about how they want to go. It's, it's, I could go into detail what they tell me. Mm-hmm. I guess right now, Renata, I, like, I, like I was two months ago when I was on the call, you know, I, I just come out here because it's like I feel like that um, I'm pleading for help, but at the same time, if they do use me as a patsy for whatever reason, y'all know that this was bullshit, whatever they tried to plan. Because with me listening to how they run these false flags, I have a male voice in my head right now threatening my life all day long. They tell me how they want to threaten my life, but do it in such a way that it's the way the family would do it, like how the mafia deals with their people. Mm-hmm. And because of my knowledge base, being being born here in New York, having a parent and two other family members working for federal agencies, me knowing some of their policies and procedure, mm-hmm. they tell me all day long, we're going to get you in the jail and we're going to kill you. But before are, your other, you, are your other family members targeted? Is your mom targeted? She's targeted in a different way, not with V2K. She gets gang stalking oh. and um, workplace harassment. Oh, okay. She got some. She got um, gang stalkers at her job that work with her. And yeah. when I'm on the phone with her while she's at work, they're close by in hearing range, so I'll hear them verbally make comments towards me, as well as blasting a phone call with Elf Waves and ELF. I mean, in um, B2K. Because I've had to understand some of the frequencies they use, wondering why am I hearing voices when I'm on other people's calls? I mean, the same type of voices that I would hear when I'm by myself getting a V2K. They blast it through all of my electronics, all through my cable internet, all through the um, cell phone that I'm using now. And um, they do it so... They want to, you know, they're trying to get me in a mental health situation where they can come run up in here and snatch me. Mm-hmm. And the best way they do that in New York is they will fake you out for a crime. And they'll kill you like they killed Eric Garner in the street. Do you know Eric Garner got killed by an NYPD officer and two licensed New York State EMTs that did nothing? They laid on him and let that man die. Yeah, and it's I well known up that. here. Yeah, you, but see, you know, uh, the inside folk up here in New York now, we know because they do this all the time. They'll leave you laying there bleeding in the street. They just did this recently. They let they let this um young baby die. They was waiting 45 minutes for this child to get help right out here in Brooklyn. Got hit by a car. 45 minutes. And the baby girl died in the street. Just so they can set policy. That's what they do. They will let you die in the street so they can set policy. Hmm. You know, and and, and I'm kind of hot because they're messing with me. 
And they know this is a solemn time for me because next week is the memorial for my aunt that was shot and killed out here five years ago. So, you know, I'm already kind of raw because I've had to deal with gun violence. And it's not street violence because she was killed by her downstairs neighbor, her perp. Her perp killed her. And see, that's how they get down out here in New York. Yes, the perps out here in Brooklyn, New York, and in Chicago and different areas like, you know, SoCal, Southern California, Los Angeles. Yeah, these perps out here, they pull out guns and kill you and then get up there with their brotherhood. They'd be like, yeah, we had to shoot them. And then they got their old brotherhood out here, including folks just working in the newspapers. They working in the, in the news organizations. Everybody got their cue card. So when they're ready to pull it, like they pulled number seven, they'll pull it. And they did. They pulled number seven and tower one and tower two. And all this other, excuse my language, stuff that they do in our hometowns. You know, so being that I've been able for years to see through it, I have been a high-level target of theirs, especially me when I found out that all of this crap they did downtown was a humongous false flag. And you see, remember, I don't know if y'all noticed in the news, remember that lady, the uh, sister that was covered in the dust, and she, she had her picture taken as she was coming out of Tower 1, and she was covered with nothing but dust. Um, I do remember her, yes. She really stood yes, out. She, she just passed last week, 42 oh, years she old. she did? Wow. Yeah. Stomach cancer. Oh, my goodness. That's horrible. You know, so I guess all those people were exposed to some sort of radiation or something. They were. They lose the low yield nuke down there. And anybody that don't believe the cover story, they will get you with some mental health lockup real quick. Especially if you live in town. That's all yeah. they tell me in my head. We're going to get you out of Brooklyn. We're going to find a way to get you out of Brooklyn. These folks are so hungry, they jump on my ceiling every day I have a thought. And I know yeah. they're hungry because they're covering their ass and all the bullshit that they did down here. Yeah, do, do, uh, yeah, it's it's been here. Um, yeah, sometimes the I don't get any targeting from the police, and then other times they're just like all the time they're just in my business. Like if I'm if I'm crossing the light, they're always there. If I'm going down the street, they're always there. You know, putting the sirens on and things like that. I don't I don't know what they have planned, but it looks you know like it's. Similar things that's worse than what you know than what you're going through. Yeah, thank that? you, ma'am. Listen, uh-huh. I had some of my. I'm gonna cut you okay. off, ma'am. Um, because you made me think about something real quick. Like I told you, I battle satanic ritual abuse. I've had some of my family members engage in Santeria, burning the candles, doing sacrifices, the blood, the goat's blood, all that weird shit. I don't get down with that. I, I pray to Jesus Christ. I got my Bible and cross right here. And I'm learning every day because you know what? Not everything with the cross on it is good for you. And I've had to learn that the hard way. Yeah. And to understand that I walk through Brooklyn, New York, and I'm watching. My town has always been satanic. But now when you realize and wake up and you choose a side and say, no, I'm not with y'all. I got these family of devils out here coming for me and my family. Because I don't want to be with them. I don't want to be a Satanist. I don't want to be no damn demonic ass like these fools are. And they tell me every day, we on a police force. We in your program. 
We in your building. We sandwiched right next to you. They tell me every day, yeah, we in the police. Yeah, uh, so uh, I just want to know, is it, uh, there's a guy on the conference call before, like, his, I think his name was Dave, Dave, I think it was, but uh, he was like a Satanist too, used to be, when he was a kid. I want to know if it's the same kind of idea. Is it, the, is it really everything that I've heard about the sacrifice and the rapes and stuff like that? They do that. Yes, they do. Like the like the lady that was just speaking for me. Yeah. They have no empathy. It's a DNA change and profile with the genetics. That's what they want. They want a race of people with no empathy. So then when they do evil dirt and they out here literally, if they could, they would have the guillotine in the middle of Times Square and they'd be cutting heads off right there. And you would have a whole pillar of people while Good Morning America is having their morning news and the guillotine is out there and they're chopping heads off. And you know what? They would love it because that's what they're about. Mm-hmm. And it's real because they're doing this in the Middle East right now. Yeah. And it's sad. I was born into all of this, and I was seeing things as a child. Matter of fact, my parent even worked for this organization, Walt Disney. And she moved on to work to other organizations. And I'm wondering why we got all of this weird stuff happening around our home. Hmm. I mean, I basically was born into Disney, born as a Disney kid. And then I realized, you know how many Disney kids died? Look that up. Put that in a Google search. And it's a whole bunch of them. A lot, or they've lost their mind because most of them are uh, mental, uh, I mean, uh, MK Ultra. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can't learn about I that. Have, Go ahead. Go ahead to the next caller. Yeah, okay, and then you can chime back in if you like. Um, I will, Nelson, I will. are you there? Yeah, hey, Renata. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. I, I was calling okay. in because, you know, due, due to this recent incident with this um, news reporter, like, yes. we're both aware that he was game stock on, on his job. He was being harassed. Yes. My take on that is everybody out there with a, a mental history are not impulsive and would, would react in that manner that he basically reacted. So the media is basically put, putting out there that we need to do something about these individuals with mental histories whether it's take away the guns and doing this and that. So so, so they're trying to back backlash individuals that have a mental history, basically. Yes, yes. And, you know, the the crazy card is what they play on all targeted individuals, you know, especially, and this is why it's important for them to get the targeted individual in one of their systems. Yeah. Their, their penal system, the prison system, uh, or the mental health institution. It's very important for them to be able to label you so that if something happens, they can point to that. They can say, this person was incarcerated, this person is a criminal, this person is mentally ill. That is the card they play, they have been playing, they continue to play with the individual. So our job is to um, make sure that they're not valid in any of those claims. In other words, don't go out there acting irrational. Don't go out there, you know, going off on people. And I mean, you have to maintain your composure because they love to be able to say the person is mentally ill. That's what they did with this guy. He yeah. had a well, bad temper. He, you know, this, he, that. But they didn't tell that they were job mobbing that man. Well, like the um, 
I think he was working for um, NBC, like one of those agencies. They came out and stated that they were aware that he had somewhat of a checkered history. Mm-hmm. If, like, if he reported this, why didn't they do something about it? Like, why did they let this stuff continue? Just like this guy Jared, like he was into like molesting kids. Mm-hmm. The weight was aware of like his his history, like his checkered history, but yet they still allowed him to be like their spokesperson and to like this kind of like broke broke out. So that should tell you something about the company that that's hiring these individuals. Right. Are you there, Melvin? Yeah, I'm. I'm good. I'm good. I just wanted to chime in on that, like this mental history issue from Aaron and Lexus. Like they're basically labeling everybody that kind of like flip flip out. But I noticed, like some of these, I'm not against the police officers, but I'm just gonna say it. Like some of these police officers are kind of in, in, impulsive. Like, they, it seems like they don't have the proper training on how to properly subdue somebody, so they would just pull out their guns and start shooting. Well, they're, like, they're so, killing them right and left here in Oakland. They're they're killing, the police here are killing people, like, two and three times a month here lately. It, it's just ridiculous. Um, they I, and, and I know what you're saying about the training, but I personally believe that they are trained they're being trained now to be very militant because if you notice, they, they shoot and ask questions later now. But that's um, what I'm getting. Like, the police officers, they're not bringing up, like, their own history, like their mental history or their mental state just because they have a, a badge. I think they're being trained to, to – I think they're being trained to treat the public this way. Uh, it appears to me that we are in a full police state. Mm-hmm. This is the new world order. These people are, are are making people fall in line. You know, there's a new sheriff in town, kind of thing. They're they're yeah. not playing anymore, and, and I think it's intentional. I understand that aspect, but like while like they're backlashing, like on people outside of the police force with mental histories. What I'm trying to say is if, like, some of these policemen have mental, trying to get my words out, a mental history as well, but it's just not being put out there as opposed to, like, Uh, regular, you you, you and me are an actor. (laughs) But here, yeah, wait a second. You know what? um, The New York Times came out with an article, and you're right, Renata. Um, There's an expert out there. It was by Matapuz on August 1st. They're training officers to shoot first, and then he will answer questions later, which means that they're, te- they're training them to shoot people first. And then he's considered what they call a quote-unquote expert witness, and he goes and he absolves these people, these officers, in grand jury investigations and everything by saying that, you know, it's the victim's fault. So this whole concept of shooting first, this is not peace officers. These are like militarized police. Mm-hmm. So you, when you talk about this whole concept of, uh, of, you know, like you're saying, I believe they're being trained. They are being trained in a military fashion where you just shoot first, right? Because in war zones, you don't know. But we're not in a war zone. We're we're in civil society. Okay. Right. 
And so what happens is this expert trains all these in, in the biggest cities, you know, like New York, Oakland, Los Angeles, uh, Chicago and stuff. He trains the officers to shoot first. And then when they shoot someone, he jumps in as the expert witness to absolve the officers of what they've done. And there was a and big you know article. They're, they're, not, they're not shooting to disable a person because in no. several of the shootings that have happened here lately, I'm like, well, why didn't they shoot the person in the leg? Why didn't they they use a rubber bullet or why didn't they use a beanbag round, right? Right. They might as well just get rid of the tasers because they don't even use those. No, 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 they're not. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm like, why don't they just disable the person? But they're they're shooting to kill. They're not playing anymore. They're shooting to kill. And they're sending a clear message to everyone else, don't even try it because we will kill you. And and this guy comes in, right. So then, right, so then they do that. And then this guy who's training them to shoot first then goes in when they go to the grand jury investigation or into court, and he claims that they were justified in what they did. His name's William J. Lewinsky. He's a psychologist, okay? And his whole concept is to train law enforcement to shoot first, and then he'll step in, or his, his, his company will step in as expert witnesses to absolve the officer of what they've done. Five times already. So okay, I'm trying to find that beeping sound, guys. So if I have you on mute, it's just because I'm trying to see if it's your phone that's beeping. That's all. And well, anyway, I need to let you know that that it is. It, they they have been training them for several years, actually. So it, the whole the whole law enforcement has completely it's it's run amok at this point. Okay, I want to see. Thank you, Alda. I want to see if um, Renita, are you still there? Yes, I am. Very similar to mine. I just want to see how you're doing, if you have anything on your mind. We've been going for a while now. Just checking in with you. Oh, no. Um, I Well, I did hear that you guys gave out that number, that uh, that 99521 number. And I'm wondering, would I be able to listen about what that guy was talking about? Um, uh, I forgot what the name uh with the race of those people who had went through this type of thing, will I be able to listen to information about that using that number? Okay. Yes. Okay. So there, there's two ways to, to uh, a couple, maybe three ways to get on these calls. You can call in like you did. Um, you can listen to the archives. I have archives, and Alda, who you spoke with, she has archives. I mean, who you heard um, talking about that. She has archives. Other people have archives, Okay. So you put in the code, um, and you can listen live. Or you can go to the website, talkshoe.com. You will probably need to register, which takes all of 30 seconds probably. Um, and, and then you can put in the codes to our calls where you will find all of our past calls, the archives. Okay, so my code is 114616. All this code is, what did we say it was, all the 99521? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay, 99521. And that's how you can get to all this call. She has a lot of archives there. I believe she did one today, and that's the one that she was referring to. But you will see all of her calls, which are really good calls. Okay, thank you. Okay. So you go to talkshoe.com. That's how you do that. Okay. Okay, so um, New York, your um, phone was beeping, so I put you on mute, the star eight if you would like to speak, but that beeping was sort of distracted. 
distracting. Okay. Did you want to say anything else, Renita? Uh, no, I'm just enjoying the conversation. Okay, good. All right. Um, anybody else? You guys? Go for it. Um, hello? Yes. Hi, Renata. My name is Antonio uh, T.I. Hi. Hi, Antonio. Um, Where are you calling from? You? I'm, I'm calling from Vacaville, California. Oh, you're in California, not far from me, in Vacaville. Yes. Okay. Yes, in Vacaville. And I was just wondering, uh, I heard you give out your number earlier, and I was wondering if I could have that, because I'd like to talk to you kind of like a, on a one-on-one chat. Is, is that possible? Yes, yes no problem. Uh, my number is 510. Okay, 510. Okay. 688. 688. Yes, 7277. 7277. Okay. Thank you. I, I always listen to your, uh, you know, I usually just download the episode that you guys uh, do every uh, Sunday, but I decided to listen live today. So. Oh, I'm so honored that you came. Welcome. Really Thank appreciate you. it. So tell me, I don't know any other um, targets from Vacaville. What, uh, how, how, how are you targeted, if you don't mind sharing, and, and what's the severity um, in Vacaville? Well, that's why I was going to talk to you uh, privately before, because it's kind of like a lengthy story. It involves me and basically my family. My brother has been suffering through this for 20 years. And I just recently, um, in December, found out that I was also in this program. And mm. it's kind of like a, it's, it's a really kind of a deep story, you know. Okay. Well, you, you definitely don't have to share anything that you don't want to share. Um, okay. Well, we can talk. You know, call me whenever okay. you, you like. Um, there's so many people from the Bay Area that get targeted. It, it is really bad here. It's not to minimize what anybody else goes through. But I'm telling you, even since I started doing my uh, YouTube videos, and I'll put the link in the chat room for those, but um, people have been reaching out to me, and it's just uh, astounding how many people are from right here in the Bay Area. It, it's really bad here, especially the stalking and the police harassment is off the hook here. It, it's bad. It's really, really bad. So I'm sorry you're going through that. I'm sorry your brother is going through that. Um does he live in the Bay Area as well? Yes, he lives by me. Okay. He lives by me. And, and, and recently, um, we have stopped talking for like, uh, I want to say probably two years. And then all of a sudden, it started happening to me. And then I discovered what it is because we always kind of assumed that, you know, he just had like a mental problem. You know what I mean? It, you know, this your first assumption is when someone's telling you about these things that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, a manifest of their imagination. And mm-hmm. he was he was telling us, and we just kind of it was one of those things that you just you you when you see him, it's kind of like you just don't bring it up. You pretend it's not happening. You pretend everything is normal. So he just became a part of just pretending that everything was fine. And then it started happening to me. So when I reconnected with him, I instantly said, "What you're going through is real." You know what I mean? And it was just, he just was mm-hmm. shocked. He was just he couldn't believe what I was saying. He didn't know oh. anything about it. He was just living this alone, this, this nightmare alone for 20 years and, and surrounding by a whole bunch of people that he could never talk to, never reach out to. Just, and we're talking full voice to school and everything. You know? Oh, wow. So, it, it's just, you know. so now you guys have each other, and that's beautiful. Right, exactly. Exactly. Where, let me ask you this. Were you 
uh, ever sympathetic towards your brother more than the other family members? Were you supportive of him? Did you kind of believe him a little bit or give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit? It never really came up. He kind of opened up to my other brother more than he opened up to me because I'm the oldest and he's the youngest. Okay. So um, when this topic, he was more comfortable sharing with the majority of this topic with my uh, middle brother because, you know, I'm the oldest and you know, they kind of pretend they have to be a certain way, you know what I mean? Because, you, know, you know, I set the standard I want them to be responsible, you know, and, and stuff. And he just thought that, you know, this is something he couldn't share with me because I would not understand. My middle brother's closer to his age, so he felt the need to, to tell him everything about it. But my middle brother was, was still, you know, in just kind of informing me, right, about the situation. Um, mm-hmm. but, I never addre- but I never addressed it with him, though. I never did. Okay. Until, until just recently, until two weeks ago. So have you shared your research with him and, and things like that yeah. so that he can get a better understanding? Yes, and I, I, I let him listen to your downloads to let mm-hmm. him know that, you know what, what you're experiencing, you know, a lot of people are experiencing. You're not by yourself. You know yeah. what I mean? It's kind of like it's just, you know, I, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand. I mean, they opened up the door for me, right? I mean, they're, they're trying to do all this stuff to me. I don't get the voice to school or anything like that, but I get heavy gang stalking all the time. Um, yeah. And so immediately I'm like, and then when I researched GameStop, and I, it was like a laundry list of everything that he was going through, which right. was more than what I was getting because I was just beginning. I'm still in the beginning stages. I've only been, you know, well, I've probably been GameStop longer than this, but I wasn't aware until like about five or six months ago. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, well, it comes, it comes a time where they want you to know, you know? Right. Exactly. And that's when they really hit you heavy, and it, it can be very devastating. Um, I hope that you can invite your brother to um, to this call one day. You know, okay. we can give him all the information that he needs. You know, hopefully we can try to give him, uh, you know, all the information that he needs to, and just to let him know that he's not alone, that there are plenty of people. I mean, you heard D earlier yeah. Uh, yeah. not long ago say that he gets heavy voices, so, you know. Oh. Um and 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 I might also um, ask if you can recommend to him that Q wave that I have referred to, and when you right. call me, I can yeah. give you more information on that. But uh, mm-hmm. people get pretty good results, and their uh, voices kind of diminish a little bit with that, or a lot. Okay. I've heard a lot actually, so right. maybe that would help him. But um, I, I feel really bad for people who who have to go through this stuff alone. Well, I had to break down and like you know cry in front of them because. You know, I just, I understood. It's different when you're trying to tell somebody and, and you know, they, they, they feel sympathy for you, but they never understand. So mm-hmm. I understood. And once you understand, you're like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? You're like, it, it hits you. And because I was just, like, complaining. What did the thought to me? And then it's like, then I look at his situation. I said, wait a second. He was 17 when he started, you know? He wow. was 17. And so it really shaped and it kind of, really kind of warped his mind because, you know, you, you have to understand when you're, you know, at that age, you're, you're, you're struggling trying to find yourself. And yeah. with this situation, it's, it's constantly warping your, your reality, you know what I'm saying, at that right. age. So he grew up kind of like with this dual personality. Well, one, he's battling this, and then he has to function in society, and it, it, it just really, it was really complex for him. 
know? It, it is really hard for young people, and I feel so bad for them because they, another thing that they, they, they don't, they're not allowed to, um, to have the same normal, quote-unquote, normal experiences that we had, you know, before we knew we were targeted and we were young, you know, the dating, the right. friends, the hanging out, you know, mm-hmm. all the makeups and breakups and, you know, the working, uh, doing your first, you know, job at fast food or whatever. They, you know, most of them don't get those experiences. So it's really, really um, a warped reality for them. Right. Very hard, you know, and they learn so Young, not to trust anyone. Right. You know. Right. It, it, it is hard. I feel really bad for him and, and any other young people going through this. It's not easy. Yeah. It's not even easy exactly. for us. You know. So. Exactly. I've spoken on one of these before. I want to say um, hi to Elvira because one time I spoke one night and I think she was there, and I was really nervous, but she really made me feel at home and comfortable. You know, so I just want to say thank you to her. I haven't spoke to her since. I don't know if she remembers me or not. Uh, she probably does. I think she left the, the call for a minute, but she'll she'll be back. Yeah, Vira yeah. is great. She's, uh, she's a point of contact for uh, for, for almost every TI that comes in contact with Elvira at some point. Yeah. She's great, even in spite of um, the horrible targeting that she goes through. She's right. usually uh, emotionally there for anybody who needs her. Right, exactly. exactly. So, do you work? Do you have a family? Yes, I'm married. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I've been with my um, wife for 24 years. Oh, and uh, I got three kids. And, you know, I can elaborate on the effects that uh, the targeting took on me and my oldest son because I didn't know what was going on at the time. So, we didn't know how to handle it. So, it took full effect and ruined our relationship. Um, my, my other two daughters, you know, luckily my daughters, you know, they're old enough to understand what's going on. So I had to explain it to them, which is something very difficult that a parent should never have to do with their kids, with all the other problems that are in the world today, you know, to having to have this conversation with them was just unreal, but I felt that they needed to know, you know. Well, and thank um, God that they don't go through it themselves. Thank God for that. Right. Well, they're starting to get, they were starting to get harassed at school which I had to, to talk to them. That's why I had to talk to them and say there's a possibility that, you know, that people are going to be mean to you, whatever, whatnot. You just got to stay focused and, 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 and push on and push ahead, just in case, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know. Um, and, How much your you know, wife? Does she experience it? My wife? Oh, wow. You know, um, she probably does, but she doesn't um, – she doesn't care, you know what I mean? She just pushes on because she's a very strong woman. She doesn't yeah. care, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, I won't say she doesn't care, but it's just she doesn't care about all the street theater and all that other stuff they're doing. She doesn't get, like, most of, you know, V2K or anything like that, but she just doesn't care about the nonsense that plays out around her, you know what I mean? We have each other, so that's, that's our nucleus, you know what I mean? And so I, uh, you know... I don't, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think about it very much. But I had a hard time at first breaking it down to her what was happening to me because she didn't believe it right away. It took a little bit of, uh, you know, well, actually it took a little bit of videotaping and a lot of explaining, and I had to do my homework on it. So. Yeah. Hang on one second. People are complaining about this beeping. Um. And I can hear it. I thought I found it, but I have to keep looking. 
Well, I'll let everybody else talk. I, I didn't want to take up all the time. That's why I wanted to talk to you privately because it's kind of like a long story, and there's even more to it than that, actually. Yeah, okay. Well, um, I'm definitely interested in speaking with you, so call me when you know when you get a moment. I sure will. And, you know, maybe we, all of us Bay Area TIs can, can meet up one day because there's quite a few in the Bay Area. Yeah, definitely. That'd be good. Yeah. Okay, well, good talking to you. And chime back in if you like. I sure will. Thank you. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to mute everybody so I can find that beeping because it is distracting. Hart, are you there? I am. How are you? Would you like to I'm say anything? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just um, soaking in, and I just feel like this is my uh, an extension of my family, and it's such a godsend because you know it's real what you're hearing. And just to hear other people share what your life has become, what has become the new normal for your life, is just mm-hmm. um, really something I wanted to say that I have such I have a heart for this Tyrone do. I have followed his his story and mm-hmm. I really feel like it was God who linked me to his story when I first began learning about what was happening to me. I was really intrigued with his story and his ability to keep it together and once I studied more in depth about the V2K which he suffers heavily and of the uh, energy weapons, they they beam him, they 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 torture him, literally torture him. So um, we all need to understand that even when he's out there passing out flyers and doing what he's doing, unless it's stopped, I don't know. But at the time when I was following him on, on, in his early stories, he talked of, of how they would um, threaten him and tell him, you know. Uh, they would make him commit crimes, and they would tell him, you know, promise him that they would let up the the suffering, uh, but he better go and do what they wanted, or they threatened that they're, you know, either you go do this, or by morning your whole family is going to be dead. And he um, just was going and doing things, spending money, and just doing crazy stuff that they were forcing him to do. But what he also opened up my understanding uh to to see because he is linked he did an interview with the guy who developed a lot of this this uh direct energy stuff is Robert the, Duncan. Yeah. Robert mm-hmm. Duncan, yes. And so mm-hmm. I did a whole trail of of um research on him to understand how true that it and it's very, very true. And here's the thing uh, what we a lot of what we see now, we as targets have more of an end because we're more educated because we're the victims of it. But we need to understand a lot of the stuff is staged and a lot of, of it is not real. Uh, and the parts that are real, for example, the the guys who are going off and doing mass shootings and stuff, these people are under mind control. Their minds are wiped out. They're just robots carrying out the crime because they've been targeted for a long time. And so I just have a heart for the people who are going through the directed energy part of it and 
the ones that are under such horrible mind control that they're being forced into doing these crimes and stuff because let's just we can't lose sight of what the end game is the end game is the evil exploiters that want to ruin the world they've already ruined it by through greed they've taken all the money they've got the fed involved they've printed all this fake money they've printed a false eco- they made a false economy they they've exploited the entire world the world knows it it's just a, it's a matter before the the thing is blown off the powder keg and they know it and i believe that it's just an economic crisis that's coming that's why they're gearing up and so they've had all of these little programs we're just one part of the pie i believe they've had all these programs in place for mass control and mass depopulation when the cork blows off the lid and and i think that they're arrogant enough because they don't know god they don't love god to feel that we'll be the ones to survive and have the rest of these nobodies our slaves the ones who we don't kill and then we'll um we'll enjoy you know the fat of the land and have our own earth the way we want it and these mindless robots will go around and do our evil for us and all of that so i just think it's um not only demonic but it's but it's physical in the sense of of the what corruption does and anybody who wants to understand corruption understand just try eating rotten fruit i mean it's a process but once once that peach is gone it's done you can't eat it and so that's where we are and and i think if we just try to keep our faith intact me personally, I want to put out here to all the targets what I am facing and having to be strong. I was I was set up. No, that's and, my phone this time. Okay, excuse me. I, I'm just going to say that I'm going to answer my other line. So go right ahead. Okay, I was set up and lured into a situation where I got a DUI, and uh, they sent a perp to me, a new person. I don't normally let new people in my life. She was a perp. She lured me to a hotel, invited me to have a glass of wine, and then I got pulled over uh, shortly after that. And she acted very strange and then uh, then it disappeared after that. But here's the thing. Uh, th- there's also a trend, and this is very real. I am not being paranoid. They are getting women. They're getting women in jail. They're getting people, period, in jail, in petty situations, in driving offenses, any kind of situation, because they're literally killing them. It's part of the depopulation program. They're they're killing them while they're in custody, and and especially black people, because what they're trying to do now is incite a literal racial thing. So they figure if enough people of one color die, then the next thing you know, you're going to have a civil unrest that evolves out of that. So they've got all kinds of things, all kinds of protocols in place to get this one powder keg. You know, they're going to tear up everything and then come in and fix it. So they're, they've got all of these things going on where they're creating these powder kegs so that people, so they can have mass civil unrest, send in their forces, send in their military uh, uh, police, and put the whole country on lockdown. That's what this is all about. That's what all of these stage crimes, every day, every day you'll see it, a stage crime. There's another faction going on. People are missing. These people are missing, coming up missing because they are 
taking them in and doing things to them and then putting them back in the population, but it's all population manipulation, control, and all of that because they're preparing for the the big to-do with the new world order. That's what it's about. And so if anything, I'm facing um, where I would have, I think they've got some mandatory, you've got to do 24 hours or something. And if that happens to me, it's very possible that they could harm me. So if anything happens to me, and Renata knows my real name and everything, and she'll she'll let you guys know it, but you'll need to know, I am not suicidal. I love myself. I love the Lord. I am a strong woman, and I know that they don't understand themselves after all they've done to break me, how I continue to get up and dress up every day and find a way to still maneuver my life. So if anything happens to me, it was not an accident. I, it was not. It was murder. Trust me. And I needed to say that to you guys. Thank you so much. Heart. Uh, my name is Nancy, and I'm in Texas. And Renata knows me really well. And we were friends even before a lot of this stuff uh, really went to my situation. But I just want to warn you not to take the bait about that they're doing this to black people because I personally was put on the county's most wanted list when I had an attorney. Actually, I hired an African-American attorney and um, thought I could trust him, paid him in full, did everything that he said, and I still ended up as like a fugitive from the law as far as what was uh, put out there. Can someone stop making that background noise, please? So when I was in the jail... I went from the jail to the state hospital, and you're right. They had me listed as a missing person. I just went to court, and they kidnapped me and took me in the jail, and then they had me listed as a missing person. And so I would say 90% of the people that were in the jail and that were in the hospital were Caucasians. And they are killing them, but it's not going to be on the news. Okay. It's not going to be on the news. Thank you so much. And listen, let me clarify. I know it's not just black. What I'm saying is that the black part of it, the reason they're publicizing it, because they're trying to incite from that to get I the agree. racial issue going. Yep. Oh, you're exactly. right. You're right. No, I know. I Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you, dear heart. Thank you. Yeah. Sure, I just don't want people to feel like, you know, because when I was talking to Renata years ago, I was like, you know, if, if I wasn't Caucasian, I would be like, they're doing this to me because I'm black, because there's no reason for them to treat me like this. There's none. And so it has to be a racial issue. It has to be something. And it's like, no, this is a human thing where they're just going after the people that have intelligence and have a heart and have, you know, credibility, and they're killing us off. They're setting us up like you got set up. Um, it's just incredible the things that have happened. They will, um, whatever your blessing is, they will take that and accuse you of the opposite, like the people that are the really good Christians. Who's doing that noise? Of her. Oh, okay. Because they didn't stop, so it's a perpetrator. But, you know, the the really nice Christian um, 
people that are out there teaching the children, they're calling them pedophiles, and they're falsely arresting them, and then they're killing them while they're in jail and calling it suicide, or they get them so isolated that nobody cares about them, and then they just disappear them. And they they put them into human trafficking, um, you know, and then they have us all concentrating back on the civil rights issue. Well, I'm going to tell you that my family and many other people also stood arm in arm, side by side, saying, this has got to stop. So we need to lick those wounds, heal those wounds, and, and know that we're stronger than that. We're the human race, and we're all brothers and sisters, and not take the bait of going back in history because right now the human trafficking worldwide is yes. in every race. And there is no color that, you know, everybody is being trafficked, the kids even, little kids and everything. So they have us over here looking around, you know, at at these old wounds instead of being able to focus on what is happening in the world right now. People are being set up, killed, framed, uh, drugged, and uh, trafficked. It's horrible. I know it. I know it. And, you know, um, had I not started doing research to understand what had happened, because it, it, it had gone on for nine years before I got to the bottom of it. It was this setup, this last setup that made me start digging that. How can this be this far-reaching and this ongoing? I need to get find out. And the Lord just led me over the Internet. And at one layer, just it was like an onion. And the more, I mean, I would go for days just on the Internet and sifting through because I just thank God that I do have the discernment to kind of tell the fake stuff from the right. real. And when I'll I give you an example. When I was in the hospital, they said I was incompetent to stand trial. Why? Because I beat them every time. So they were trying to force drug me and then make it look like, you know, well, she's drooling on herself and she's incompetent. Thank God I was able to at least go to court for those and defend myself and not be forced to drug. But they tried twice in just that one stay. Anyway, my point is, is that they had me go to this competency class. Once a week, we would take a test. I made hundreds every week, but it was a game with them. It's like jump through this hoop, jump through this hoop. Well, you're back at square one because you still aren't out, you know, so it's a game just to mentally exhaust us. And there was this um, African-American man who was in our class, and this is what I'm saying is don't let them implant these victim things about racial things because he said, and I can understand because if I was African-American, and going through this, I would be like, why is this happening? It's because I'm black. What the hell, you know? Oh, no, no, I, I see through it. I see through no, it. They want to get finish. a race riot. Exactly. They... Let me finish. I just want to give you this one example of this man who said, they're doing this to me because I'm black. And I said, sweetheart, look around. Look around in this class right now, you know, because that's the example. It's like if you really open your eyes, there were two Hispanics, only him, he was the only African-American uh, person, male or female, and a room full of Caucasians. So, you know, that's the whole thing is they're playing this up about trying to pull off those old wounds that we killed a long time ago, should have been healed. But, you know, they're stirring it up, putting on, they're killing black people, and they're putting it on TV. And then they're shoving under the rug when they do it with other races. It's being right. covered up. Right. Right. So, of course, you're going to feel like a victim. It's like, why are they only doing this to black people? Well, people don't know. But I had an inside 
tour for two years <laughs> to see oh, what was no. going on. It, it was horrific. Trust I mean, they me, had I me know. listed as a missing person when they kidnapped me and threw me in there. Where did uh, they kidnap you from? From Where court. They... Oh, my. I went to a regular court date. Well, like I said, I had an African-American attorney. I paid him $5,000. I was in constant contact with him. I did everything that he said to do. And then when I found out from another TI who was supposed to move down here that I was on the most wanted list in the, in the county, I'm like, what? And I called Renata, and I said, Renata, can you check on this for me? And she was like, oh, my gosh, Nancy. And it says on there that I torture animals. Anybody that knows me knows that, I mean, even my will, everything goes to the Society of the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. That's always been what I've been against. So then they had falsely accused me of that, and they wanted me to take a plea deal. And I said, I'm not going to plead guilty to something I didn't do. Let's take this to court. Initially, my attorney was all like, oh, yeah, this is a slam dunk case. You're innocent, and we'll get you out of this. Well, then you could tell someone got to him. And he started changing his tune and all this other stuff. But when I called, because I had gone to court already a couple times about it, and he was like, you need to take the plea deal. And I said, no. And he's like, well, this is not going to turn out well for you. I said, that doesn't even make sense. You're my attorney. You should be defending me. Let's take Excuse this me. trial. Excuse me. Is Renata Murray still around? Or... Hello? She went to talk to uh, – she was on another uh, call, she said. Oh, okay. Thank you. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just, I needed to, to, I think they're trying to frame me when that beeping was going on. It was my phone, even though I didn't know it. And so when she muted me, the beeping stopped. And this is my first time call. I just don't want her to think that I'm a perp, you know. So excuse me, ladies. I'm sorry. She she knows. (laughs) Yeah, she knows how it goes. She's very smart. I love her to death. Um, You know what? To that lady's question, I went to court. Oh, first of all, um, after Renata confirmed that I was on uh, this most wanted list, I called the attorney. The people that I knew worked for this office didn't work there anymore. They had replaced the office workers. And they said, I guess I'd wait for her to get back to uh, use that person making the noise. Isn't that amazing? That's a perp. Yeah. So they said I had a court date and to show up for that court date and everything would be fine. And I said, no, I need to turn myself in now. I don't want to be driving around and be on this most wanted list. Anything could happen. See, that was probably a setup where they could have said, oh, she lunged at me and could have shot me dead. Well, this was a felon who was on the run and most wanted, you know, you can just imagine the scenario that I dodged that one. And then I go to court and I'm looking around and my attorney's not showing up and they take me into custody. So just because I would not take a plea deal for something I didn't do, then the court trumped up further charges and held me in jail. And then they took me from the jail to the mental hospital back and forth for two years. Mm. until finally I sat down with this quote-unquote treatment team, and I said, listen, there is nothing you can do to me, and I know what you're capable of, 
if there's nothing you can do to make me lie and plead guilty to something I didn't do, nor to submit to taking antipsychotics when I've never had any psychosis. And that's when they backed off. They're like, she's serious. Because when you're not afraid of them, they're afraid of you. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that you know that brings me to to something. I'm sorry, you guys. I was gone so long, but I hung up and then couldn't get back in. Oh, is um, that fifteen minutes? Welcome back. That's always pretty good. You're yeah. pretty good. Okay, I wanted to read something for us. Okay, somebody put your call on mute. Otherwise, is that your phone? No, that's a perp on the line making a bunch of noise. That was not my phone. That noise. (laughs) When I was trying to speak with Hart, they were doing that. They were taking advantage of you not being here, and uh, they were making a lot of racket. Okay, that's what makes me mute everybody, but I hate to lie. Uh, Cisco lives in Florida. I don't know where his sister lives, but I haven't found out. Okay, let me just mute everybody and figure out who that is. Sometimes it really is not intentional. It's just that people have background noise, and I don't know if they forget to mute themselves or they just don't mute themselves. Okay, I'm trying to unmute people. I want to read an email that um, was not directed towards me, but I was on that email uh, distribution. And it has to do with the um, Tyrone uh, Dew situation and how he was involuntarily committed to a mental institution. This lady, I thought, gave some really good advice, and I asked her if I could read it on my call, and she said yes. So. I'm looking for noise. Okay. In Ohio, you had a little bit of noise. I'm keeping on mute. Renata, I have a question for you. Do you still have uh, the copy of where, when you looked up and saw that, wow, I was one of Tarrant County's most wanted? Do you still have that? Do you have a copy mm-hmm. of that? This thing called that five seconds so glamorous. Such a great job and everything. And now you find out what criminals they are. No, Nancy. Get out. Okay, that's a shame. No, Nancy, I'm sorry. That was so long ago. I can't even remember which website that was. I apologize. Yeah, that's okay, hon. But no, I don't. All right, I'm going to read this article, and then we probably have about 30 minutes before the call will automatically cut off. So if it cuts off, it's you know, not me hanging up on you. It just kind of cuts itself off after five hours, which, believe it or not, we've been going over four hours now. Okay, so this is uh, this was an email. As I said, I was included on an email chain that was going around last week about the guy, uh, Tyrone, who we had spoke about earlier, who was in Washington, D.C., uh, bringing awareness to the target, targeted individual issue, he was holding up signs, um, and I believe it was the CIA. You can't say it was the CIA. CIA approached him, and eventually they called in mental health professionals, and they took him right off the street. They kidnapped him right off the street. So these kidnappings that you hear about, they really do happen, these government kidnappings, I will call them. 
<clears throat> they really do happen. And this guy, he recorded the whole thing, and it, it's on his YouTube channel. I did put that link in the chat room. I will give you guys the name of it in case you're on the call and not in the chat room. I'll do that in a minute. But um, uh, so the email was going around telling what was happening to him, and they needed people to call to try to get him out of there and everything. So pe- different people were commenting, and they were giving their take on what was happening. One of the things that they had alleged is that this person who they hauled off, they said that he had said uh, some things that sent red flags to the government uh, on his social media. 100 new words so, every day. That seems uh, to be super intelligent. Okay, somebody please mute your phone. You, Whoever that is is causing everybody's phone to have to be muted. That's heck of irritating. Um, okay, let's see. Okay, I'm just going to mute everybody. Um, and you guys who don't like to be muted, you can thank whoever that is for, <laughs> for you having to be muted because I'm not even going to try to talk over all of that. Okay, so um, so people were commenting on on this guy being um, kidnapped and put into a mental institution. So what I wanted to say was that uh, it was alleged that he had said some things that sent uh, government red flags. Um, and that is why the CIA um, came to his location on the streets when he was um, passing out flyers and things. Uh, that is why they said they showed up and then why they called them mental health professionals. And we know that's probably not true. Um, however, I do want to make the point to be very careful about what you say on social media because there are government trolls out there um, in cyberspace, cyberland, or whatever you call it. So I know that we are given the illusion that we have freedom of speech, but we know that we don't because uh, us exercising our freedom of speech is probably what got most of us targeted, uh, whistleblowing or speaking what's on your mind. Or uh, I do know several people who were on calls like these who had opposed uh, opposed certain things or given their uh, strong viewpoints on certain things, and that got them targeted. So be very careful about what you say out there. That's that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, but there were a lot of people commenting, giving their viewpoints on um, Tyrone being taken to a mental institution, and this one I thought was pretty good. And uh, this lady's name is Cynthia Elias, E-L-I-A-S. I think it's probably Elias is how you pronounce that. And I, I did um, speak with her and ask her if she uh, didn't mind if I read this on my call, and she said she doesn't mind at all, okay? So she says, Tyrone is very talkative, and God bless him for it because he is trying to educate the public. He already told us what the psych minders will do anyway. So I was not surprised, just sad, how your freedom can be taken away because of uh, false, and I don't know what she means by that, but false AD. These psych minders' objective before he left his, uh, his psych office was to hospitalize him. You you do not be open with them or explain yourself. You should be short and concise. So she's telling you how she believes that uh, people who end up in these situations dealing with therapists and psychiatrists and police officers or any kind of first responders um, should behave themselves. So she's saying you should be short and concise because they are looking for an opening. 
a hook to take you in. In the future, use a psych technique back on them called broken record. So she's saying if they ever talk to you and start questioning you about your mental health, she's saying to use this broken record technique. And she says statements like, for the record, I do not consent. Also, I am not homicidal. I have never been homicidal. I will never hurt anyone. I am not suicidal. I have never hurt myself. I am here in the peace of, I am here peaceably, which is my first amendment right, because we do have the right to assemble ourselves peacefully. So she's saying just let them know I'm here peacefully. And I've said things like that when I go to city council. I say I come in peace. So I'm not sure why, you know, all of this harassment is happening even by, you know, the people at city hall. So that's what she's saying. Just let them know that I am here peaceably. And she says, we know he is not delusional, but the U.S. Supreme Court ruled, and she says she has to to find out where this ruling is. Um, She doesn't remember. Um, That individuals have a right to their belief, even if if it is perceived as delusional or if they are delusional. They still have a right to their belief. The excuse they are using is a fear you are having uh, command auditory hallucinations to harm someone or yourself. That is what they are using. So defeat that. You do not need to get. Uh, you do not need to go into your story. You have a right to your belief and peaceably assemble. So in other words, she said, if they approach you, you don't have to go into all the details. I'm a targeted individual. I've been targeted for ten years. She's saying you don't have to go into all of that. The point is, you have a right to be there. You have a right to peacefully assemble yourself, and you have a right to your own viewpoint. Um, That psych minder, that's what she's calling these uh, psychiatrists who came out there, that psych minder's license is on the line, so he will write up his justification based on that hacked poster or the social media. Um, Yes, learning about habeas corpus is very important for TIs to learn. An organization called National Liberty Alliance teaches citizens on how to use it. Now, Patrice has been on uh, Lady Beetle, I think is what she calls herself in the chat room. She told me, she called me one day and told me she's been having difficulty um, logging in and getting on the call. So she's probably not here, but she will probably listen to the archives. So thank you, Patrice, for all you do. But Patrice has been on this call uh, promoting uh, National Liberty Alliance. So this lady on this email is also saying that uh, going through National Liberty Alliance, going to their website, is beneficial for TIs because they have information on habeas corpus and other very important information for TIs to learn. Okay, so check that website out. All right, so then she goes on to say this is after she watched Tyrone's video because, again, Tyrone posted his, his um, involuntary commitment. Um, to the mental institution. He posted that online on YouTube. So the video, the uh, comments that I just read, Cynthia had not seen the video at that point. So now she comes back and she says, okay, I have seen the video. She says, I looked at it, and that's why they got it. And she says, my strategy is for, for all TIs all over the U.S. to download a four-by-six or business size form from a proactive team website. 
Now, I don't know if that's the name of the website, but she didn't put a link here. So she's saying to download this 4 by 6 business class form from a proactive team website, which is being developed to assist with public awareness. This can be handed out to the public and used when speaking to groups. Further, it saves money from printing numerous papers. The website, which is to be designed, okay, so it's not designed yet, for the public will be posted with information relative to our claims. This is far safer than having people take what we say out of context. And then she goes on to say the best response from Tyrone and any other TI faced with involuntary commitment is to ask, number one, how long does the law allow them to involuntarily hold a person? Each state is different. Okay, I think in California it's either three days or five days. can't remember. Um, so you need to find out for your state. And if you do not know and you're ever faced with this situation, you need to ask, how long can you involuntarily hold me? And I know that there is ways around it. If they want to hold you longer, they will get a judge involved, from what I understand, and the judge can extend that period of time. Okay, number two, that you object to being held, administered any drugs, and that you want a habeas corpus to be filed. There are simple forms which will also be posted to that website that she just mentioned so that you will know what to do um, if you have to file it yourself, okay? If you are still being held and you go before a judge, based on Tyrone's video, you or he can easily say that he was engaged in his First Amendment protected activity, he was exercising his First Amendment rights, and he was retaliated against because they did not like what he was saying. In reference to the written Twitter account that he did not write, such as he alleged in the video, um, in-law mental health facilities can allege good faith actions or response when persons are brought in on mental health complaints. Every TI should know and be able to state the same thing to a court if such happens to you. I hope we can schedule a conference call. This is the lady talking. I hope we can schedule a conference call, training, or involuntary commitment and informed consent and then she says, any ideas for information to the public is welcome. So I thought that was important enough to mention here because we really have to prepare ourselves should something like this happen. As Nancy said, it happened to her. I do know other TIs that it happened to. Apparently it just happened to this guy, um, Tyrone, and it could happen to any of us, especially those of us who speak out. We're probably at a higher risk of being um, involuntarily committed. So you want to know your rights beforehand. You want to have uh, people who you can contact uh, either outside the community or inside the community. Both would be uh, better if you, you know, had someone to contact inside and out because people in the community will be able to explain to whoever they need to explain to uh, what you're going through. So I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, and I will open up the lines. Please keep your background quiet or mute yourself. Hey, Renata, I just wanted to add to that, you know, the most important thing 
that they did in my case was try to completely isolate me. And they really, really did an amazing job at taking all these people that were my support away. Um, And thank God I had you and some of the other TIs. But they actually put in the legal papers that I had waived my rights for a jury to hear why the hospital needed to extend my stay. And I waived my right to appear in court. So they just flat out lied, held it in secret, and then I got the result that I was in for another year. So well, it was amazing the you, corruption. I can hmm? tell you for the isolation piece, that is so believable because I can remember so many times I tried to call you and all I had was a pay phone number. Well, I had a pay phone number and an office number. Every time I would call the office number, they would tell me I had to call the pay phone. When I would call the pay phone, either they would pick up the phone, say something smart, and hang up on me, or they would tell me you were asleep or you were at dinner or you were doing an activity, but I was rarely able to, to reach you on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember yeah, they that. Have, they have perps in there posing as uh, mental patients. So that's who was answering the phone, I'm sure. Wow. Okay, I'd like to say something. Okay, since yes. I waited uh, hours, okay, um, let everybody speak. Okay, number one is that, okay, well, about uh, what the lady just said, okay, I just like when she said that um, they made a made a statement that um, she um, waived her rights. Mm-hmm. Okay, did they show anything with a signature on it, with her signature on it? No, they just showed me the documentation where um, they had extended the stay another year and had the judge's signature, and uh, this was in what they called the treatment team. And I said, does everybody in here understand that I said to everybody in here that I am not waiving any rights and that I demand to show up for any court proceedings that there are? And they they all agreed. At least they didn't lie because they could have all said, no, you're delusional. But they all said, yeah, we heard you say that. Okay, because, um, okay, for you to rape your whites, either it was um, you made an appearance. I mean, something had to be on record saying Somebody that you actually your raped your rape. Or said I was too delusional to sign it or something. Yeah, something happened. So then they can't say that you waived your rights. They did say it. They can and will say. I'm saying. I'm they saying they want. don't have a, a, a lawful ground, a lawful leg to stand on. That's what I'm. That's that's my well, point. Well, these people are not honest. And 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 in Nancy's case, and many people's cases, if I'm not mistaken, Nancy, you had a, a corrupted attorney as well at one point. Everything was corrupted. He wasn't at first, and then I could tell when they got to him, and he changed his tune. And that's when he said, "Well, the guy that actually did it." Um, you know, I told him about it and everything else. And then he came at me going, oh, he's such a great guy, Nancy. Now, come on. He's just trying to live his life, and he doesn't even have a criminal record. And so, to me, he was talking in code in the fact that they wiped his record clean to set me up because he was a known criminal. Everybody knew he was the neighborhood drug house. All right, well, that's that's about that. Okay, another thing that um I want to mention is that um on HBO they they starting to show the movie now. Um, I highly suggested as far as putting this on the movie list a movie called um uh, Kill the Messenger. 
It was a story about um, Gary Webb. I don't know if y'all are familiar with it. I mean, it's very interesting, and it goes to, I mean, it shows how they um, discredited him, broke him down, and everything like that. He's the one that uh, did the um, the drug story and the Contra and all that, and how the government was linked to it. Right now. And what is it called? Kill the Messenger. Okay. It comes on the regular channel? No, it was on HBO. It's only shown on HBO now. Oh, okay. I don't have it. Well, yeah. See, right before they did that crime and framed me for it and then said that I was missing all this other stuff, right before that, they had tried with me what they did to Tyrone as far as just put me in a psychiatric home. And they wouldn't tell me why I was there. They came to my house, and they took me out and took all my dogs and put them in uh, the shelter while I was being held in the county hospital that time. And I was like, why am I here? And they wouldn't tell me. And the next thing I know, I'm in a courtroom, and they're saying that I had threatened the mayor. See, the mayor was helping me. That's why, you know, I don't know how Amy Anderson and other people are, are, you know, making this progress. I am so glad that they are. But I had the support of the mayor. He gave me his cell phone number. And well, excuse me, is this, same, is this the same woman named Nancy? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, You were saying earlier also about the you know, attorney, because it does sound like he sold you out. What is his name? Because we got to start naming names there. Yeah, I was going to do all that. At least that's how I feel. I'm taking huh? the recycling out too. I forgot. Nancy. That lady's talking again. That lady's talking again. The same voice from last time. Yeah, yeah. It seems like certain when certain things come up, okay, certain background noise always come up too. But go ahead. Uh, let me sit on that. I'm not sure if I'm going to name names yet. <laughs> Okay, well, I'd like to see the face that we really can start doing. Can you hear me? Huh? Wait a minute. Just, just, wait a minute. It's way oh. too chaotic. Hold on. Hold on, Josh. Hold on. Okay. This is way too chaotic. Okay, Charles, start eight so I can see you. And Nancy, start eight so I can see you. So you, you two can talk. Charles, start eight, Charles. Because there's a bunch of New Yorks, and I don't know which one is you. Okay, here we go. Well, I want to say this. I don't ever want anyone, I mean ever, want anyone to say anything that is not comfortable for them because everybody's at a different place with their targeting. No one will have to suffer the repercussions but you. You have to be in a comfortable enough place to name names and you know, situations and talk about certain things. So if you're not comfortable with that, don't feel any pressure to do it. Well, I'm in a very vulnerable vulnerable position right now. You know, if I had people, uh, TIs that were here uh, in my area backing me, then it would be one thing. But, you know, they're constantly trying to set me up. But what I was going to say uh, before is that I, like Renata has the police harassment, I had that as well. And so I found out who the mayor was and he was a very good man and he gave me his cell number so when the police were harassing me then I could call him and they would tell them to back off and so somebody in between there was a perp and they were the ones that 
said I had made a threat against him. And so when I got out of that situation, they were trying then to send me from the county hospital to the state hospital. And um, at that point in time, when I got out, I called him and I said, I just want to ask you a question. Did you ever in any way feel threatened by me? And he was like, what is going on, Nancy? And everyone's like, oh, well, he was in on it. Maybe, but I don't, I don't get that gut feeling. I feel like that he was helping me and they didn't want someone in power that would listen to me and help me because they were already trying to set me up and he got in the way. So, you know, he, he pled that he never felt threatened by me and he didn't know what the heck was going on and that he was very shocked to hear what happened to me. All right, well, look, I understand that, okay. It's just that, okay, first of all, okay, when I say that um, names have to be, you know, people have to be named, is that that's meant in general is not just for you, okay. Just like they target us, put identify us, okay, and, you know, spread the names around, okay. That's something that should be, I mean, done with them too, all right. That's how I feel, okay, but I totally agree. With a not river not okay, you got to carefully assess your situation. All right, and if you honestly feel, you know, comfortable with that, then you do that. If there's a situation where you think you shouldn't, then you don't do it. But okay, we got to that's a that's a thought that really has to be considered. Okay, as far as okay, identifying these people and put and putting them out there. But you got to have your facts straight though. Absolutely. I have the facts straight. It's incredible. There's been four different setups. And that's the thing is when I get a chance to be on a witness stand, the truth comes out. As long as you don't have any deceit in you and they're doing all these crazy lies and they're trumping up things. And when you get out of that, it gets crazier and crazier and their stories get so crazy that you're sitting there and you have your composure and you're just telling the truth then they have egg on their face. People are laughing at my accusers. So that's why they're like, okay, she's not going to ever get that chance again. You know, so that, that's what they were afraid of. They're like, she keeps winning. Well, I'm precisely, only winning oh, precisely. I'm but Like I said, let me, let me reiterate, reiterate that, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not just talking about, I'm not just talking about you. That's us in general. Okay, we got to start doing that. Okay, but you have to um, um, substantiate your position, and, and and when you name these people, you got to substantiate that very well and solidly and stuff like that. Just don't fly off the cuff with, you know, innuendos or, or rumors or anything like that. It's got to be very well backed up. But, yeah, that's something we have to do. we got to start, at, I mean, naming names, identifying these people openly. What do you mean innuendos? Uh, in your windows, okay, and when, okay, in other words, okay, in other words, um, rumors or hints or anything like that. I mean, when I say you, when you, when you make an accusation, it has to be solid. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying now? Well, um, I'm ta- I'm just talking about what happened to me and the no, RTIs, including Renata. I'm not talking about you personally. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about you personally. I'm talking about when any when any of us does that. Okay, we have to back it up 21 ways to Sunday. Yeah, that's but all I'm saying. But you know what, Charles? I, I've been targeted for quite some years now, 
And I think today is probably the first time that I actually named the name. And I named right. the supervisor's name, which is very risky. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's like seven, eight years down the line. So I'm comfortable doing that now, all these years later, because I'm mm-hmm. frankly, you know, just like I'm just to that point where I'm just in full exposure mode. But everybody's not there, and we can't try to push people out of their comfort zone because there was a time where I wouldn't do that. You know, I would not do that. And, and you know, maybe that doesn't work for everybody not to – uh, maybe some people are bold enough to give names and situations and dates and locations and all of that, but everybody's not there. And so we're going to let people be in their own comfort zone. You well, know, the, the problem I, with I, me, the missing link, is if I had a significant other and I had other family members that had my back, I would do that. But they have turned everybody away from me. So I'm standing all alone in a very vulnerable position with, you know, perpetrators looking at all different ways to set me up. And, you know, if I was to start naming names with these very powerful people, then I have no um, family or friends here uh, that are going to, you know, stand up for me. So it's, and, it's and, too- and you know what? The more you do that, the more dangerous it gets, quite frankly, because these mm-hmm. people do not like exposure. And I can tell right. you that we had planned, this was about, I guess, two years ago now, we had planned to do a, uh, and we eventually did do it, a uh, a call where we kind of spoke to our family members and loved ones to let them know what was going on with us, and I was going to put it on YouTube, and we were going to say whatever we wanted to, we wanted people to know about us. And uh, Christina, who was on vacation at that time, she she called me. She said, Renata, don't do that video till I come back. She said, when I come back, I'm going to name names. I'm going to tell everything I know. And she had seen some murders, and she had seen some things. And this is why they were targeting her so hard. She had told on some drug dealers, and it goes on and on with her. Um, and she said, I'm telling everything. She said, I'm so tired of them t- uh, torturing me. I'm going to tell everything on that call you're going to do. Christina never made it back. Christina's dead. And I truly believe that it has to do with that. I really, really, really do. So nobody's going to suffer the repercussions but the person that's revealing things. You know, so that's why I never pressure anybody. When people say, I don't want to tell my name, that is fine. I was there at at, the, at one point, too. I didn't want to give my identity. I wouldn't give my phone number. I wouldn't say my name. You know, now I I'm, I know. They know everything they want to know about me. So it does. I'm not afraid to do that anymore. But some people still are, and, and that's, who, that's, that's fine. That's fine with me because I do not want people to be uncomfortable. You share what is comfortable for you. And if you do not want to share anything, that is fine. When I unmute people's line and they don't speak, that's fine. That's okay. Some people just want to listen. That's okay. They'll get brave enough when they're ready. You know, not when I'm ready, not when you're ready, not when anybody's ready, but when they are ready. And some people never. Years on down the line, they still don't want to speak. And that's okay. And I understand okay. that. But like I said, like I said earlier, okay, is that yes, I agree with that. Person has to um, um, carefully assess their own situation, okay, mm-hmm. and feel that they're ready for that. I said that earlier. Um, yeah, I mean, but, if you want to expose, if you want to give names, you know, you can do that. If I want right. to do that, I can do that. I did it today for the. Actually, that was the first time I did it, and you know, but I, I'm just to that point. You know, I'm. I'm well, me know, putting whatever. it out there, 
But me putting it out there today, okay, I, I feel that that thought had to have been put out there, okay? I mean, it has to, has to be um, put out there in the atmosphere for everybody to soak up and consider. It's, it's just like that. Because, I mean, um, that's another step that everybody got to, um, I, I think I think that people got to seriously um, consider. Yeah. Okay. Well, you put it out there, and and everybody knows. And thank you for doing that. But I just want to reiterate: don't don't feel pressured on this call to you know, because I I just hate to to uh, I I would not be able to live with myself if I knew something happened to people because they exposed something sensitive on this call. Because these people are definitely into um, retaliation. They are. It's just the truth. You know, I know this ain't no game. Oh, I know. I know pretty. No, I know doggone well this ain't no game. It's not. It's not. And and you know we won't be there when Nancy is going through whatever she has to go through. Nobody will be there when I have to go through what I have to go through tomorrow because I exposed my boss Chris Levis today, and I'm going to keep exposing it. That's where I am though. I wasn't always there, but I'm there now because it's ridiculous what they're doing to me in the workplace. So I'm telling my own truth, and that's where that's where I am. And and everybody will get there when they get there, if they get there. Um, let's see. I just unmuted Renita. Did you want to say anything? We have probably about 20 good minutes, you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm being narcissistic, but um, it's just like Nancy was saying. I'm very isolated too. I'm isolated from my brother and family. So if there's anybody in or near Wichita who want to give out your information or want to talk to somebody, please, I am desperate to uh, contact a, a, a targeted individual in Kansas, uh, you know, near Wichita, especially if, if, if possible. So please, um, if you feel comfortable, put yourself out there because I'm desperate. Thank you again, Renata. I'm, I'm done. Thank you. Okay. Now, there is a lady who periodically comes to this call. Her name is Denise. She's in Kansas City, Missouri, and I know that's not real far from Wichita. I know it's not real close, but it's not real far. I'm familiar with that area because I'm from Kansas City, Kansas. Um, I know that you can find Denise on Facebook, but she doesn't come to this call very often. I don't have her number, but she's the closest person that I can think of out that way in the Midwest. But if I, you know, if I ever talk to her again, I will let her know that you are out there looking for someone to talk to. She's really nice, too. Denise is very nice. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. If I can come up with her number, I'll let you know. Uh, Okay. Okay, I'm going to try to unmute everybody again. Keep your backgrounds quiet, please. But you know what? Before I do that, let me do my motivation before we get cut off. At the end of the day, we have to uh, motivate ourselves. We have to stay motivated. You know what I'm saying? And we have to learn how to self-motivate because uh, there may not always be someone there to uh, help you to uplift your spirit. So it's very important to learn how to do that um, when you're going through the midst of whatever you go through. For me, um, water is very motivating. Uh, music is extremely motivating. I can't sing, but I like to sing, <laughs> um, and I like music. And I listen to spiritual music, and I listen to uh, uplifting music. Um, speaking of Christina, she's been on my mind a lot lately. You guys probably heard me hear me talking about her a lot. I think because her anniversary of her death is coming up, I think it's at the end of September. 
So maybe that's why she's been on my mind a lot. But one of her favorite songs, which I listen to in my car a lot, is called um, I Shall Not Be Moved. And it's an old um, spiritual, uh, what do you call it, like activism song. And it just says, I shall not be moved. And it kind of says it over and over with some other lyrics. So I listen to that a lot. But yeah, How long ago uh, has it been? A year? It'll be two. The end two of years? September. It'll be I'm two. so sorry for your loss. Yeah, well, I'm surprised you don't remember her because she was on this call all the time, all the time. That's while I was um, in the hospital. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, we'll, uh, we'll was it a car her. crash? Because, see, that's the thing. They tried to kill me in that car crash, and that's when everything really went haywire. Because that no, assistant chief no, of police no. calling me, let me know he no. was in on it. That was shocking. Yeah, no, it wasn't a car crash for her. That is one of their preferred methods. So I've been attempted run off the road several times. Uh, a couple months ago was the most recent uh, by a big rig truck. They, that, they're they heavily stalking me with big rigs these days. Big rigs are just all around me constantly. But you know what? I put my life in God's hands. I know uh, I understand death. I no longer fear death. That is one of the things that this program has done for me is helped me to overcome my fear of death and to get a closer walk with God. So I I no longer um, fear death, but they definitely try to send me the death subliminal messages. But I know that it's coming one day because it's coming for all of us. And uh, when my number gets called, I have no choice but to answer. But the important thing is that we know where our soul is going because they can kill right. the body, but they cannot kill the soul. And our soul will be claimed by either. If they can force drug us, crazy. then they can fry our brains. And thank God that didn't happen. But that's the whole thing. To shut someone up, they force well, medicate them, and then you look like you have a mental illness. They can do all of that, but at the end of the day, they cannot kill our soul. You know, and so that's what we're concerned with. This body is dust to dust. It's going. You know, one way or another, even if we weren't targeted, it's going. I'm sorry to be so harsh and straightforward, but no, it's that's the truth. True. You yep, know, so true. I would suggest that people get comfortable with that concept because this is a dangerous thing that we're going through. It really, really is. It's serious. It's not to be taken lightly. I don't, I'm not trying to instill fear, but I'm just saying reality. You know, they really try to send me all these subliminals about death and, you know, how you're going to get killed and all of this stuff. But it is what it is. I mean, I, nobody chooses that route, but, I mean, what, what can you do? Um, I'm not going to live in fear, and I suggest that you guys continue to go on with your life, you know, whatever is comfortable for you, but I'm going to continue to live my life, Um, you know. So Christina was not run off the road. Christina was found hung, and we'll talk about that more with her anniversary because I always do a little thing for her uh, anniversary of her death. So that will be coming up in September, and we'll talk more about that. But she has heavily been on my mind lately. Maybe she's the angel on my shoulder. And when I fight, I, I think of her, fighting for her and other TIs who have uh, senselessly lost their lives due to this program. So, um, okay, this is from the Daily Motivator, and this is called Push Life in a Positive Direction, a motivation for the day. Okay, when the bad stuff gets worse, you can get better. When hope is nowhere to be found, you can create a whole lot of it. You don't have to deny reality in order to be positive. 
You just have to be willing to change reality, and you can. You can think, you can act, you can learn, you can adjust, and you can dream. You, uh, you can do, you can persist, and you can help. There are a thousand ways for you to make a significant positive difference in the next month and even more after that. There's more to greatness than just looking good as you sail through life. True greatness is built in times of adversity by refusing to accept the finality of that (laughs) adversity and by working to turn life around. Okay, let's see. Where am I? The world could use a little true greatness from you right now. Use your intelligence, your love, and your energy today to push life in a positive direction. Push life in a positive direction and keep pushing. This great experience of life is ready for you to make it even greater. Okay, I, I, you know, call me crazy, but I am one of those people who am very optimistic um, I, I uh, have hope. I hold on to hope. I have a great amount of faith, and I hope to increase that faith. I believe in divine intervention, and I believe that we can create our reality, even if we are being tortured every day. I believe that even if we cannot create our perfect reality, that we can try. Okay? I believe that, and I believe that we should die trying. I do not believe that we have to put our entire existence in these people's hands. I don't believe that. I can tell you that we can overcome some things. They will definitely throw monkey wrenches in the program. I get it. It happens to me all the time. But it should never stop you from trying. It should never stop you from moving forward. It should never stop you from hoping. It should never stop you from believing. It shouldn't. So push life, as this article says, push life in a positive direction. Die trying. Don't sit down and just hand your life over. I'm telling you, I've said it so many times. No one said to me, Renata, you cannot go outside. You are on house arrest. No, I chose to live in a virtual prison. I chose to stay in the house because I was allowing these people to keep me in fear. I chose that route for myself. So when T.I. say I can't, they won't let me, just say I don't want to. And that's fine because I can tell you I've had many days where I just didn't want to, and I can own that. And I still have those days where I just say, no, 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 I can't deal with that today. I'm not going to deal with all that stalking mess today, so I'm going to stay home. That's fine. But don't say they won't let you because nobody is saying you're on house arrest. You cannot come outside. You cannot go over there. You cannot do this. You cannot apply for this job. You cannot. Nobody is saying that. There's no court order. That's what you're choosing. And if that's what you need to choose to take care of yourself, that's fine. I've been there, done that, and still do it sometimes. But you're not on house arrest, okay? Do your life. Live your life to the best that you can, fully understanding that these people for whatever reason, God has given them uh, earthly power for now. I have my own thoughts on why, but that's for me. Everybody understands it the way they want to. But they don't have the almighty power. God does. He reigns with the power. And that's what I hold on to. I know that he is the ultimate judge here. 
And don't you think that this program, like, um, brought your faith even higher? Because through the oppression, we've seen the miracles and the divine protection. Yes. And I'll tell you one thing that I'm, I'm just like in the last six months or so, I mean, I've always been a Christian. However, I didn't ever get into the spiritual warfare and it is very effective. Oh, I wouldn't have thought anything about that, Joni, because. Okay, that's Florida. That's Florida with their background noise. Hello? Yes. Okay, we have about three minutes or so. Go ahead, Scott. Scott wants to play the show. Go ahead. Um, Shout are you there? Yeah. Hello. Yes. Yes. We have about three minutes. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's a basically it's a show called Snitcher One. It's the eye contact show. I'm doing things. You have to speak up a little bit. We can't hear you. Yeah, I'm on my I'm getting as many names, phone numbers, email addresses from targeted individuals as possible. And once you get enough people together. I'm going to sign one target for another, a body system, so that people can keep an eye on each other. You call your fellow target on a big time time, so you agree to call call I can't hear him. Okay, Scott, let me do it for you, Scott, because we can't hear you. I'll do it for you. Oh, I got it. I was on speaker. I was on speaker, damn it. No other. Okay, here we go. Um, well, yeah, have like is, a minute or so. Mm-hmm. Okay, my show is basically to match targets up with other targets and putting in a chat room. Um, it's also to like uh, like just basic like basically like self help nutritional stuff about electromagnetic frequencies. It's all good stuff. And just like a little bitch in the morning if you want to do that. But it's called Center One's TI Contact Call. It's on every Saturday, seven o'clock Eastern Time. Call ID is one three eight. Six zero two. That's one three eight six zero two. And basically, I'm getting our targets together. I'm putting a list together of uh, email addresses and names, and the type of targeting you get, the state you're in, and I'm eventually going to match targets with the, uh, other targets. They have a buddy to check in on you and agree upon time. Because um, face it, in this program, we're very isolated, and some of us more than others. And like, uh, it's they have someone looking on you. You know, because some of us disappeared, as you know, like recently, into like mental hospital system, uh, law enforcement, whatever it is, things happen. So you want people to come in for a number of, so a number of like uh, other targets, if you need to be, like uh, when I was done before, can like try to help someone in a bad situation. But other than that, uh, we'll hammer out the details in time. And like anyone's welcome to make suggestions on the call. I'm just beginning to do this. I've been doing it a month now. Okay, I'm going to stop you, Scott, because someone else is trying to say something real quick, and the phone is going to cut off at any second. Go right ahead. Okay, I don't mean to shortcut you, but I need to say this real quick, because... Hold hold on one second, Elvira. The call is going to cut off at any moment, and I hope you guys got Scott's information. It's in the chat room for his call that comes on on Saturdays. Um, I want to thank you guys so much for coming to the call. This was a good, very good call today. Um, thank you, Renita, who is uh, who was new to the call, and Antonio, who is also new. And Antonio lives out here not far from me. 
So thank you. Thank you all. I really, really, really appreciate it. So pray for me, and I will be praying for all of you guys. Keep the TI community lifted up because we need prayer, and we need God's protection. So thank you all so much. Thank you, everybody in the chat room, and I'll talk to you guys next week. We'll talk until the call cuts off, but I just wanted to say Okay. We're not going to say something about that tweet, whether everybody wondering about Tyrone. Yes. He was sabotaged. They, he was sabotaged here in the state of Florida, and somebody did that to him. And he's asking the Secret Service for an investigation on both that and the Florida incident. So I okay. just wanted to let you know that. Thank you. Avira is saying that uh, someone sabotaged Tyrone's Twitter account, and they put those um, those tweets out in his name, under his account, to make it look like it was him. And that is why... Yeah, this, 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 yes. yes. Okay. And and he's asking for an investigation. And I hear yes. that he's also on the Florida, what happened in Florida, too, he was also sabotaged here. So anyone who, you know, you know someone who want to talk like that and want to sabotage people that's really getting out here working for us, please discourage it. Don't encourage it. Thank you. Thank you, Elvira. Okay, did anyone else want to say anything before the phone cuts off? Because it's going to cut off any moment. Anybody? God bless you, Renata. God bless you. Thank you very much. You too. Thank you so much. Yes, you're the best, Renata. Thank you very much. And so are you. Thank you, Alda, for coming back. I love you, Alda. I know. Alda was trying to be incognito for... Hopefully she will continue to do calls, but, you know, she's busy now. She's working and dealing with her targeting. And yes. What is her Eastern go? time? What is Eastern time for her show? Uh, I don't think Alda has a set time. She just kind of pops in. No set time, right, Alda? Well, she has not in the past. I don't she know. She used to come on between 4, three, four, uh, four and 5, or 3, 4, 5 Eastern. It's, it's that. I think I was that was before wondering. she was working, though. That was before she was working. Now she's working. Okay. So I, w- I, would assume, I would assume that it would be more in the evening hours, the evening here, yeah. I mean, maybe like around 5 or 6 or something, but I'm not sure. I don't think she she really has a set time. I think when she comes into something interesting, she'll just pop in and do a call. And, and so to the people you will, they will archive. enjoy Yeah, sorry. But you will enjoy all those calls, so you uh, know. All those very, very, very smart. Yes. If you want to know about yeah. the yeah. question. What, what I wanted to know, Thank does anyone remember, remember a girl called Christy? From Texas. Oh, I think I do. Yeah. Uh huh. Is she still around? I don't. I don't know. If she came to this. Oh, she came. Oh, she came to this call every now and then. Oh, I remember. I remember Jerome. Mhm. I remember. <laughs> Jerome. Jerome wanted to know more about Christy. Um, she pops in and out. But not very often, not on this call. I think you will find her on Joe's call. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Jerome, don't be trying to two-time now. No, no. 
I was looking at something on TV. They were saying that they have this um, this, this dating app out now uh, where you can date more than one person because the lady who invented the app was saying that that is reality, that people date more than, than one person. And so it's sort of she has the app set up sort of like a dating game kind of kind of app. It's going to be pretty popular. So anybody else, anything before we cut off? I have a question. Yes. Not a, uh, you said that uh, you knew that some of your family was involved or whatever. How, what, how did you know that? How did you figure that out? Like, what was it that uh, led you to believe and know that they were involved? Because I, I kind of have a similar situation, mm-hmm. and I brought it up. I brought it up to somebody, and they said it might just be part of the 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 technology they have to make them say certain things. Because I mean, I had stuff saying to me that the perps say, and then they deny it. And it's been like that for years, and I just kind of buy into it because I really don't have nowhere to go or no friends. So, you know, how did you know that your family was in I know it might be taking more than three minutes to answer, but... Well, you know, it started out with red flags, you know, just like you're saying. It started out with red flags, and I just started to pay attention to it. And then the chemistry just started changing, and things started changing, and uh, things that, like you say, the perps were doing to me, I started to notice it in my own family. People started distancing themselves. Um, the support just wasn't there. And then it became very blatant. My nephew, the perp, assaulted me when no one was looking. So it became very clear. Hmm. Very clear. Okay. So, was so that, that's... it came to the point where there was no doubt in my mind. They confirmed everything that I was thinking. Okay. All right. I just wanted to ask. That's how it happened have, for me. I have the same situation too. So. Yeah. No. And 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 it happened. It started to happen when they started believing me, and when I started to reveal more. And um and it was becoming believable to some in my family, and that's when they used uh, my perp nephew to infect other family members. And Wait, I just what do you have think... to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. What do you right. what do you think they tell them? Like they tell them they're gonna pay them, or they just like don't want it to happen to them or something? Or? Well, for my particular family, I have um, people in the entertainment industry in my family, mm-hmm. and as we know, that is a satanic industry. Yeah. And these people do rituals and they do all kind of things. So for some of the people in my family, I would assume if they want to move up in that satanic. Uh, Hollywood industry that they need to do certain things. And uh, unfortunately, to my surprise, I do have relatives that are willing to do those things. So that's what I believe it is in my family. Sorry, but just one question, one more question, um, Renata. Yes. Did Donald show up on your show today? No, I did not see him here. Huh? He but I know he's okay. Yeah, I, I you know don't see know he's him okay? Here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I did speak with him, so I know he's okay. Um, but yes, who was that? Was that Ricardo asking me that question? Sorry about that. Excuse me. Who who was that asking me about the family? That was Chris in Arizona. Oh, Chris. I'm sorry. I'm sorry yeah, because I I I've been having this problem for a long time. I didn't you know, now that I know what it was, and you know, some I hear a lot of people say it's just the technology they can make them say certain things, and then they don't remember. But it's just like 
I don't know if I can buy that because when they do it, they're smirking. They're not like robots. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not yeah. like just all of a sudden turn into a robot and then, you know, like, hey, how, how did you say that? And what do you mean? What do you mean? It's almost like you know they know they're in on it. You know what I mean? That's that's what I get out of it. So well, you know, I, just, I would say uh, for for me, I chose not to ignore those things. I ignored them to a certain degree. But then I, it came to the point where it's, it's just way too obvious for me, and I'm not going to ignore it anymore, and I'm definitely not going to be assaulted by someone whose diaper I changed. You know what I'm saying? So um, to take care of myself, I needed to remove myself from that situation. So I, you know, although at times they still try to get me in their circles, but I'm not, I'm not having it because I've, I've given in to that more than once, and each time it gets worse and worse. So they try to make it like it's a friendly family exchange, but then when I show up at these functions, I get assaulted or something. So I'm not dealing with it. I choose not to. And and that's that's very hurtful and um, it's disappointing. And we're all supposed to be Christians in this family. I don't know about everybody else's family, but I'm seeing that these are the same type of Christians that I'm dealing with at church. So not the type that I want to be bothered with. So yeah, again, see, that's that's the thing that I can't wrap my mind around is that it happens to me at church, man. That's the crazy part that I can't understand right there. That's 